Mike, turn your games down. Hi, we're episode 165 of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Hubbard, and who's tearing holes in reality and changing ideas with me tonight? <laughs> Bill Tucker from the A Gamer Looks at 40 podcast. And you know what they say about those DeWitt boys? Once a Comstock, always a Comstock. <laughs> and I am Jonathan Waiter, but please call me John. And I'm so happy to be here on Games My Dad Found. <laughs> but I'm Joe Butler. Nice to meet you. <laughs> oh, so we are here to talk about the long anticipated episode of Bioshock Infinite, developed by Rational Games, came out in 2013. So we've been joking about this game for I think two years, Bill had said before this recording, about us talking about this. Well, Bill's been, you know, cutting this game down, which I, so yeah, <laughs> it's a long anticipated episode. I, yeah, I don't. Well, oh, man, we should talk about all, all of our initial experiences with this game first and why I've been dunking on this game for two and a half years at this point now. <laughs> I, I, I played this upon release. This is like a day one release game for me. I bought it. It was 2013. This game released in 2013. And I remember playing it and really, really liking it. I remember like being blown away by the story mostly and the city of Columbia and all that fun stuff. And over the years, I never played it again. And over the years, I started like thinking about it because this game comes up in conversation more often than you would think. Right. And you're like, wait a minute. I don't think I like that bit very much. Wait a minute. Yeah. I don't think I like that bit. Wait a minute. That's kind of gross. And over over time, my opinion has eroded on it to where now it's kind of like my go-to I had a stupid Bioshock Infinite and when I refer to a stupid thing in a game. So this was a new playthrough for me. I really tried to divorce myself of those old feelings and say, what is this game? Play this game. This time around, I played it on stream, on Twitch. <laughs> I streamed the entire playthrough. My brother-in-law was there for the entire playthrough as well. And every once in a while, at least once or twice a stream, he would say, Psst, Bill, I think you're enjoying yourself. Because he listens to this show and knows how much I dunk on this game. <laughs> Bill. <laughs> having a good time and i won't state my thesis on this game just yet i, I will I'll let others talk about it but it was very different playing this on stream than it would have been uh, just in front of my computer playing because on stream i have to talk i have to be engaging i have to be fun i have to have more fun on stream or else no one wants to sit there and watch some cranky old man complain about a bioshock game everyone loves so i think that might have made it more fun for me just the fact that i was playing it with my brother-in-law watching and some people popping in and so that might have helped me enjoy the game more. I don't no longer hate this game. It is an extraordinarily average first-person shooter and a terrible, may I underline, terrible <laughs> Bioshock game. This is a terrible Bioshock game. And we'll go from there. Um, so I, it's, I don't hate it as much as I did, but I still think this is a grave disappointment. What about you guys? Mike, I'm going to go ahead and argue with that. And I'm going to say this is actually a really good Bioshock game. I think this game has... A not as good, but on par, decent twist as the original Bioshock. I got this game back when I, I was 20 when this game came out. So, of course, I'm young. I'm full of hormones and all this <laughs> other stuff. And, you know, it's one of the things where it's like I never got a chance to play. I actually got my Xbox 360 the Christmas before this game came out. I bought I used that weird like, oh, if you pay 50 bucks, you take this coupon from Microsoft and you pay for xbox live for two years to pay off your xbox oh yeah i know you're talking about yeah they do it now too 
you know, and it's one of the things where, which I'm going to bring up a lot in this, and I hope some both of you don't know anything about it because it's actually really weird. The beta, that that first trailer that came out with you falling out of the sky and being mm-hmm. caught caught by Elizabeth, amazing. The gameplay stuff they showed off at E3 for years, fantastic. This game, as much as I hate to admit it, gameplay is awful, but I do have a really soft spot for two-thirds of the story, mainly because that middle part's really, ugh. <laughs> yeah it's 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 the stuff that nobody remembers nobody remembers that the bit you're talking about we'll talk about it oh, everyone yeah. remembers the beautiful columbia which is awesome and the ending which is impressive but there's there's a giant tear-sized hole in here that i hope someone can explain to me that's the other side of it i i hope that i hope you can and maybe i missed something that's i'm totally willing to admit i missed something in the text and just i don't know but i We'll get there as we kind of walk through the game, but the middle bit is so <laughs> stupid and wrong. Yes. We'll talk about it, but anyway. <laughs> and then for me, I, I remember I bought this game off a of Gamefly sale. I want to say I probably got it twenty late 2013. It was like probably $15 in Gamefly. I remember being excited when it got here. I was excited to play it. I did not like Bioshock 1 at the time when I played it way before the show <laughs> and I played Bioshock and I never played Bioshock 2 so I wasn't but I was excited for something different so I remember getting this game I remember for me I usually didn't play games right away when I got them because I had such a huge backlog I would go through because I was collecting games then too just like I do now and but I did play this right away I was just so excited to play this and I remember really enjoying it and I've had nothing but good memories of it I had forgotten a lot of the racist stuff and all that I had forgotten I just remember the gameplay being really fun and I enjoyed the twist my opinion has changed a little bit this playthrough because I've played more shooters since then and I've played Bioshock 1 and 2. And I do need to say, we're going to warning, we are going to get political in this episode because it's Bioshock. It's We have to, so we're going to get political. So if you don't want to hear our political opinions, which we're going to insert here when it comes to this, you've been warned. And before to start that off, a joke thing I want to say is somebody, <laughs> there was a Fox Channel thing like a little segment where they took the bioshock logo like the the outline of it and put some and put like something about freedom something on there oh that's weird ew okay yeah and <laughs> oh, yeah. they completely lost what the you know missed the point one of those things <laughs> point missed completely yeah but they, i mean plus they copied the logo i don't care who you are don't copy a logo of a game like just you know, especially something that's that's cutting down on the idea that you're trying. I think they were. It was it's something to do with immigration. Oh, oh no, no, no. It was something to do with that. I can't, I'm trying to find it right now, but I yeah, I know they stole it, and I think Ken Levine even just said they missed the point. And that was always <laughs> he called they called it irony. Yeah, I would call it a little more than that. That's pretty crazy. Someone was on a deadline. You know, yeah. someone was just like, oh, gee, I need to search up some stock images. Oh, like video game no one plays video games cool i'll grab this yeah oh well that's that's yeah, that's, un- that's unfortunate sure love that street fire logo i was gonna make the joke <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna because that's basically exactly what it seems like happened with the street fighter i was gonna make that exact joke <laughs> lordy so i think we should oh sorry go ahead no it, it's i'll say real quick it's funny you mentioned gamefly uh mike because i actually got gamefly to get this game because i could afford the xbox couldn't afford any new games so I, I vanished. Oh, <laughs> but I uh, I got Gamefly to get Bioshock Infinite. I got it like a month before it came out and like put that as my number one game and surprisingly got it like that week it came out. OK, cool. I'm not sure what the hell happened. All of a sudden Skype just closed on me. That's weird. Uh, maybe it was a well, you're still here. Happened. You're still here. 
here, you're here with us. Come on. You can't bump. You can't punch out now. You can't punch out now. So this I so when I went into this game, I didn't remember a lot in general. I was just surprised. Like this game is an interesting opening that Bill, you had mentioned beforehand. Like when you actually understand, you have these two twins that are rowing a boat. And you had made a comment how it makes much more sense when you understand it. And when you said that, I'm like, I don't remember anything you're talking about. Yeah. Because <laughs> I didn't remember who the twins were. Right. So I, before we kind of get into the story, I was, I was wondering if we could kind of talk a bit about the mechanics of it. Because sure. I think that's the part everyone here can agree is less than great. Actually, from average to pretty bad. Maybe just talk about the different yeah mechanics and the vigors and the st- Stupid clothing, hats and pants. <laughs> so what, yeah, because you can certainly just buy pants that make you shoot electricity to your fellow friends. Of course, just buy those pants. That's great. That's I absolutely love these in pants. the world. Pants stink. There's one pair of pants that are amazing, and I'm so glad I wore them because I really didn't. So let's we'll talk about it. Let's let's let's. let's I, I don't like yeah. the, the clothes in this game. I would. <laughs> They're stupid. And here's why this is a bad Bioshock game. And we'll probably, maybe Joe and I will probably talk a bit about this back and forth. I hope so, because <laughs> I'd like to hear this point of view. Not just quick side thing. I was on somebody else's Twitch stream, and he's playing Bioshock, a, a buddy of mine. And someone on his stream, of course, said Bioshock Infinite's great. He said Bioshock Infinite's better than the original. Oh, I said no. no. I said I said no. I, I disagree. And I know this guy from other, yeah, other places. And he's like, well, I don't think I'll change your mind, so we shouldn't have a conversation about it. And I'm like, no, we can. Like, I'm not like a stone wall. Like, you're not going to change my mind that this is a bad game, but I'd love to hear your point of view. Like, I'd love to hear why you like this game so much. Maybe there's something I'm missing. You can have a debate with with the understanding that you're probably not going to change the other person's mind, right? It's okay to have those healthy debates. So I'm looking forward to hearing why Joe thinks this is a good Bioshock game. <laughs> Exhibit one and why this is not a good Bioshock game. Nothing in this world exists in for the sake of the world it's in nothing is kind of diegetic <laughs> to the world nothing they have vigor machines where anybody with 75 bucks can walk up and get possession which you can just possess your friends evidently as a thing that a lady is handing you at the fun fair like here drink this potion and you can possess all of the vigor machines and possess your friends and have a good laugh and oh you can buy a you can buy a little upgrade that'll cause them to commit suicide after you've done possessing them isn't that great like yay here's a well here's a plasmid that you can throw fire at people right those were available in bioshock in the genetic areas and it makes sense in bioshock in Rapture, because everyone's spliced up to the gills. This is, again, science without morality. This is medicine without morality. You know, like, it fits in that world better where you could do that. And yes, it's a little gamey. I mean, fine, we're in a game. But that's stupid. There's voxophones all over the place with people's private messages just sitting on barbershop chairs. Just there. Here it is. Great. This is Comstock's <laughs> private thoughts because we need to exposit the, the, the – we need to do the exposition. And nothing, yeah. nothing makes sense in this world. We're throwing away perfectly good apples. Perfectly good oh. apples and snack bars <laughs> everywhere. The residents of Columbia are just throwing that everywhere because we don't need this, evidently. They're, well, it's they're, a utopia. I mean, that's the idea is that you have this utopia world in the sky. There, There's actually a really funny part that, like, in the game where you can just straight up eat potatoes out of a toilet, and I always do because it's funny. <laughs> remember that that's pretty good but not without getting into terrain regression there so basically it's the same as bioshock the original bioshock with a couple of additions you have of course weapons and then you have plasmids or they call them vigors now um the weapons are i don't none of the weapons are really all that inspiring or great what what weapon did you guys kind of mainline through the game with the shotgun 
Shotgun. I, well, it's okay. No, the shotgun and then the hand cannon. I used the hand cannon a lot once I got it. Okay. <laughs> but none of the weapons... One of the biggest issues with this game for me that really hurt my opinion on this is you can only carry two weapons at a time. Where in the first bio, in the Bioshock 1 and 2, you get the wheel of different weapons, which I understand you're going for that more realistic Halo approach that Halo did where you only have two guns, and it works in some games. It does not work for me in this game. I did I hated the fact I only had two weapons I could choose from at a time because I like to switch up my weapons for different things. Or like in Bioshock 1 and 2, I'd run out of ammo and switch to this and run out of ammo for this and switch to this. And this game didn't have that because I only had the two guns, whatever I'm carrying. And it really hurt my opinion on this game a lot. And it's, but yeah, you're right. None of the weapons really stand out either. You have two so, machine guns. You just, I don't, none of, nothing was really that great. So the one thing about this that I actually do hate about Bioshock Infinite, the Bioshock Infinite is the definition of we need this game to sell because I like money and I need you to switch up so much different stuff about it. So, like, like I said, I'm going to bring up the beta a lot. There's stuff that they have in files. The, the, the weapons you find later on, which are the red weapons that you kind of find, are supposed to be, like, the original Bioshock Infinite upgrades. Like, that's mm. entirely what they were supposed to be. They took it out. God, if I know. I sure as heck don't know why they did that. Funny enough, the weapon system, people complained about it so bad in so many reviews, they actually change it in Burial at Sea. Yeah. Oh, burial, burial at sea is one of the biggest retcons in video game history. They, if you complained about it, they fixed it. They're like, okay, okay. fine. I've huh? never played burial wheel? at sea. Here's the weapon wheel. Yeah, it, they, we're gonna cover it when yeah. we cover uh, in probably about two months or so once you're okay. free again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. And for me, I use the carbide all the time. Yes, I, I forgot it. That gun is good. Yeah, that's basically my favorite gun. It was accurate. There was always enough ammunition. And we'll talk about that and how Elizabeth, while everyone, it's everyone's favorite escort, and she's extremely helpful, she also undercuts the point of Bioshock games, which is freedom of expression and playing with your tools. Remember, Bioshock is a infinite... Bioshock is an infinite. In this game, it is. Bioshock is an immersive sim. That's the idea of the genre. In fact, one of the fake puzzles, the quote-unquote puzzles, these brain-breaking, hey, punch in this number, <laughs> look to your left, there's the number, great, why did you even... They 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 there used the code 0451. And when they happened, I yelled very loudly into my microphone and said, No, no, you are not <laughs> at 0451. You're not that. You could have been. That's what Bioshock is. And this is a disastrous immersive sim. I so, I yeah, go ahead. Sorry, about so, uh, yeah. I'm gonna have to backpedal a little bit too. I also use the carbine. I have the shotgun. I don't remember where. You find the hand cannon ever again, but when you get it when you first enter a certain area, I don't know if you ever find it again, so I never got rid you of do. it. You uh, do. I dropped it a couple times and I refound it randomly, so I would use it again. But yeah, <laughs> I never I dropped it. I stuck <laughs> with uh, carbide and rocket launcher, um, and I usually don't like rocket launchers in games. I I like sniping and shooting from afar. I kind of I this just feels good to me. I don't like melee. I never really engage in it unless it's a handyman stomping me in the head in a bad boss battle. But I, I stuck with RPG because I want to get through the boss battles fast because they're all bad. Um, the handymen are bad. The Patriots are bad. And I just I didn't want to engage them in the way the game wanted me to. And Elizabeth keeps throwing you RPG ammo. So it's not like it's a special weapon anymore. It's not like I have to conserve it. So it's I just stuck with RPG and carbide. And once in a while, I would actively say, you know, let me play with the tools. I got to talk about this. I may maybe engage with like half of the weapons, but they're so samey samey. It really doesn't do much uh, as far as that goes. 
that was one of my issues too, is that this game that shows you achievements, which I love that one time. Like, oh, I only need 10 more kills to get this achievement. Now that I'm no longer an achievement whore, seeing that revitalized <laughs> the achievement whore in me. And I would use guns just to get the achievements. I'm like, I'm not oh, okay nice. with this. And then I keep doing it anyway. But nice. I mean, it's a simple little thing, but it, it also like the fact that one thing I loved about Bioshock 1 and 2 is searching for ammo, running around the corners, grabbing items. But like you said with Elizabeth, you don't have to do that because anytime you run out of ammo, she just throws you more ammo. And Which, that yeah. kind of hurt me, too, because I like the idea of having to scrounge for ammo. Oh, I don't have any of my you know, machine gun ammo I like to use. So I'm going to use this weapon instead. And that wasn't a thing in this game. And I didn't like that. This game has a really weird like I want to say this came out the same time The Last of Us did. And this and a lot of other games were really trying to do the whole like, hey, dad simulator. And it, it, it does have a really weird consistency. Now, don't get me wrong. Someone spent hours and I appreciate them spending hours on Elizabeth flicking a coin at you because <laughs> hands down, that's the best animation this whole like game. But I like Elizabeth. You kind of do have choices of what you want around. They explode. They run out. You know, yeah, it it's supposed to be kind of alluding to like having her around is like the best thing ever. And that's why people want her so badly is because she's like literally a do sex machina. Yes. And she's, she's like an automatic refill station. You know, if you're getting down to hell, she'll throw you some health. If you're down what well, my issue, and I appreciate that as someone who's just trying to play the game, but I agree with you, Joe, I think that's made more for the first person shooter crowd who doesn't want to run out of ammo mm-hmm. and Hey, thanks. Helpful. Elizabeth. I appreciate it. You have a reason to be here and I don't have to babysit you. And there's no risk of you getting shot, even though it's very funny watching her get shot five times as the bullets just pass through. It's very funny. Because uh, the AI is clearly not supposed to try, but sometimes she just gets in the way, and uh, clearly she's in a different, she's a different uh, tear at that point. So that's fine. <laughs> I think the problem with that is kind of like what Mike was saying. It removes the immersive sim nature of Bioshock, which is scrounging around, using your tools, figuring out what works best for one situation. I could sit there with an RPG and fire rockets into the faces of a hundred <laughs> people. I get down to four. Here's more ammo. Thanks. Like this special weapon is no longer special. So I can just use which this hurt if I want, which it hurts, hurts it. And, and you could say, well, you don't have to use it. If you want to engage in it, like a sim, you can, if, if that were the case, give me a wheel and I'm willing to be gaming and sacrifice the real realism of just having two weapons, which is realistic, right? Can't walk around with a giant satchel full of clanging weapons, but I'm willing to sacrifice that for freedom of expression for giving it's just, me. It's a video yeah. game. I want yeah, to be yeah. fun. Yeah. Encourage me to use the tools because that's what this game is supposed to be about. And in the end, it just ends up like a shooter gallery. Like I said on the stream a hundred times, just walking from murder hallway to murder hallway to murder dungeon to murder area. <laughs> yeah. Also, one of my other big complaints is that the, which I didn't remember this, even though we hadn't played Bioshock 2 that long ago or Minerva's Den, I I I was like, this is just, the melee was like, this is weird to me because I loved the melee in Bioshock 1 and 2, but that's because it was F1 or 1 on my key and I would hit and use the the wrench or use the drill. Like in this, I had to hit the V key in order to hit people with the melee and it just didn't feel right with my fingers where... I'm using WASD to move around, then I got hit V for this. It just, it didn't, I didn't like it. Oh, yeah, that is a weird spot to have it in. And it, it is. really, also I played this on PC, because you should play all shooters on PC. And I will, I, that's all I believe now. And it just didn't feel right, and it really bothered me. And it took a little bit before I remembered, oh yeah, there's no wheel, and I don't have, that was the issue. And it took a little bit before I realized that. And yeah, I, I mean, really you could, pro- me. I mean, I don't know if you could remap that or not. I mean, I, I don't know if you that's can. a thing. 
Yeah, I don't remember. Um, I, I didn't. I don't use the the. I mean, of course, the game gives you this wonderful little 2013 like hyper death saw their neck in half and watch their head blorp into a million pieces. <laughs> death animations where everybody stops and waits for you to do it. They're like, ooh, that's pretty cool. You can also Whatever. disembowel people. Maybe. What's that? You can also disembowel people. Oh yeah, you can do that too. That's fun. Great. I mean, <laughs> again, this is very, very early 2010s. You know, kind of like, hey, we gotta be hyper violent because this game does nothing for a reason. Really, it doesn't. It doesn't do violence like that for a reason. It's just it's cool, right? Why does the why does when you possess somebody and they run around as your pal with the upgrade, they then commit suicide by bashing themselves in the head 15 four times? Like, why is that a thing? Like, why did you do that? I don't yeah. know. Cool. It's like, and that's what that's not what Bioshock is. That's not I, what this is. I noticed that too. It was really weird. I think I was fighting a bunch of enemies, and I think I accidentally had possession out because I was unironically stealing money from the machines, and I hit a guy with it, and I guess I had killed everything else, but he was the last enemy. So he looked around and pulled out his shotgun and like shot himself in the head, and I'm like, oh, that's what happens whenever that runs out. Yep, yep. It's it's really bizarre, but um, the combat again for me is just shooting gallery. It was, and that's when my friend, my brother in law, was saying, "See, you're having fun." And I'm like, "But there's <laughs> there's something." A, I'm talking to you, enjoying myself, streaming and playing. If I was sitting here in front of the computer without being on Twitch, it would have been a much more miserable experience, I think, honestly. But I'm having fun streaming. Like that's that's what I'm having fun as. It's just it's just shooting gallery, and it's not a terribly good one. And it's just kind of like, and you don't after have, a while, I was so over it. Even on stream, I was like, I okay, I'm done with this. Please just get me to the end. You don't have the freedom. Like in Bioshock 1 and 2, you have the freedom of running around an area, exploring and looking for things in this game. Like you said earlier, it really, I didn't even dawn on me until just now when you said it, that it really is. There is no, the exploration isn't, you're just moving, moving on and on and on and on trying to get through. That's you, all you, it is. you go from straight line to to cavern to straight line to cavern, and when you get to the cavern or cavern to the to to an arena, sorry, straight line to an arena, straight line to an arena. You're in the arena, you know people are gonna pop out everywhere. Especially when you get Elizabeth, you see all the tears, and once you see tears, you know you're in a murder arena. Like, okay, <laughs> yes, here I am in murder arena, and there's no. We'll talk about why I don't think the tears are very good either. Uh, <laughs> I like the tears. I like the tears too. So here's tears are good in concept. They're good in theory. If you watch, there's a great when Bioshock was first Bioshock Infinite was first teased. Not only did they have the trailer, they had a 15 minute gameplay demonstration. Yes. That was a freaking amazing. Like the trailer's amazing, and the that 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 15 minute gameplay thing is amazing. And they're showing Elizabeth like actually using tears to affect combat. If I remember correctly, like you say, hey, open that thing up, open that thing up, and a, I guess, how does I guess a why are all these tears in different places anyway? B, how can Booker actually see them? He seems like he can selectively see tears. Evidently, well, he sees that. He, he points. Well, but he, he can actually see tears, so which implies everybody in the world could see all the tears, which means everybody could see that there's munitions behind that tear. They may not be able to open it. You have you have a key to open that lock. But that doesn't seem digested to the world that Booker could just see tears like, oh, there's a you have a point. blue machine gun. There's a uh, balloon machine gun. Do that. The tears could have been a freaking amazing because the game sets up that Elizabeth can do some really cool stuff. Like she does, you know, she'll open up, you know, the and again, if the game is trying to pause it, Elizabeth wouldn't hurt anybody because she does get really freaked out the first time you go on a murder spree and kill 50 people. She gets really freaked out. 
Understandably, understandably. And Elizabeth's voice actress is wonderful. And I really do like Elizabeth as, as a character. I think she's really good. Booker sucks, stinks. I can't stand Booker DeWitt. It's terrible. If it if it makes you feel better, Booker DeWitt, the who is voiced by Troy Baker, encourages NFTs. So no, he yeah. took that back though after that dumbass comment. But yeah, he did he really? Yeah, yeah he, he took it back right after he did it. Yeah, because because he got flamed on Twitter for it, and he couldn't yeah. stand by his convictions. So like a big baby, he's like, "Oh, I was just kidding. I guess I didn't realize that this is a completely bad idea." Yeah, <laughs> asshole. I don't mind Troy Baker. I, whatever. But here, uh, that, let me. I just want to pin it. Put a pin real quick on that on Troy Baker, real quick. But I think the tears again. They're just opening up little bonuses. So it's very gamey to me. It's very gameplay because it doesn't feel again diegetic to the world. Hey, I see a tear that has a skyhook there. Open that up. I do like the idea of you have to choose what little bonus you want for your murder arena. That's fine, but I don't think they're really digest to the world, and I don't think they they per, they work great. I, I always ended up just getting an automated tur- if there was an automated turret, I would tell that to shoot people. Same. Um, that's Same. just kind of what I would use for that. Very quickly about Booker DeWitt, I also don't love the fact that you have a voice protagonist. I know in this game you have to, right? Because the interaction <laughs> between Booker and you have to. There's no choice in the matter. You can't. But I really think that, again, undercuts the greatness of Bioshock because in the other two games, you are not a voice protagonist, which allows you as the player to fully embody this protagonist. You get to be Jack. You get to be you get to be the um, the big daddy. In this game, you are Booker DeWitt, and it's harder to role play as someone who is a complete moron and <laughs> asshole. So, so you, I don't want to embody him. I don't want to be Booker DeWitt. He stinks complete idiot as we go through the story we'll talk about it i also think that undercuts kind of the joys of bioshock which is embodying a character and making him or her your own you are right he's not nearly as good as you know number two is a big daddy or god what the hell's his name in the first one jack jack yeah okay god has been the the freak in the sweater jack (laughs) it's just not i i I guess i also like games with a silent protagonist crown trigger so I mean, yeah, you're right, though, because you, you you are an asshole, and it really shows it the way he talks. I uh, I actually really like Booker DeWitt. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. You like him? Uh, Not real. I, 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 it's also one of the things where I do think it's so they, – they really should have tried something different, but I do love the idea of him being a complete moron, and also – but also he's – He's 1920s mad. I'm a hard, rugged, drinking, don't don't like any of this non no sense attitude. What the hell is this? Like it, they tried very hard to have him be uh like an action man. But I also do, which we'll get into the story. I do feel like you, which mm, I can't even say that, but you can still technically control kind of the person who he is. Is he the man who wants to get away, or can you still infurl his murderous intents when choices are given? I also, what is it? I don't know. There's something about Booker DeWitt that I think is really funny. And he does ask questions too, which you, you know, I guess it's supposed to be kind right. of a back and forth thing between him and Elizabeth. But I, I also, it's one of the things where this is in the day and age, which goes into it even more. People don't know how to do a silent protagonist, I feel, which is really weird. Same thing happened with Dead Space. Dead Space stopped having a silent protagonist. Oh, yeah, in two and three. Um, and that goes even further into this as an example as well 
which because we, we we kind of bounced all over the place. This is the day age where they tried game making games more accessible to gamers. Dead Space Three suffered from this entirely. Yes. With with having all the ammo is the same ammo for the same guns. You only have two guns, but the bottom gun can do something different, and it's just really weird because it's it's like someone had a hive mind, and I'm pretty sure there's more examples of it too. But someone had a hive mind of just like, hey, let's just make games super easy. So if they fa- so if they fail, it's because the game sucks and we'll never make another one. Right. But but you tease sure. a sequel. No, no, no more. No more Bioshock. No more Dead Space. It's it's a very <laughs> interesting. That's an interesting point. I, I maybe it's just and again, that could be just taste. You know, Booker DeWitt as a character like that could be just taste. I, I only remember a few instances where you could have some agency. There's one when you run into Slate and he's he asks you to shoot him, you can kill him or not. And if you don't, it's actually worse, which I think is actually a pretty pretty uh, good idea. I like when games do that. Dishonored yeah. does that a lot. Dishonored 2 does that all the time, which is so good. But Dishonored 2 is a but Dishonored 2 is a really good immersive sim. It's yeah, I just I just found him really really dumb and I didn't want to inhabit that character. I found myself yelling, "Booker, you're an you're an idiot. I know what you're going to do. You're going to screw her over. Why are you doing that?" He's walking through the box populi and there's just just untold oppression and people being <laughs> and he and 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 Elizabeth rightly goes, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe how these people live." And he's like, "Not our problem. Let's get the guns." <laughs> how about you show a little empathy, you <laughs> you complete and total shithead. I mean, in his defense, it is 1920s. And he is a soldier in 1920s, or was a soldier. So, but yeah, he's an asshole. I, I mean, guess, doesn't it doesn't say not an asshole. Just say 1920s are different. Yeah, maybe that context. Yeah, it's also one of the things too where I took it as a kind of a like because he does say it sometime later too. He's like, look where we're at. There's nothing we can do. We're completely outnumbered. And it's it's also one of the things too where it is, it is 1920. So it's kind of a thing of it is still bad of. If I'm not helping, I'm not part of the issue. But you also helping is not is part of the issue too. I mean, well, yeah. Let's be let's be honest though, Booker. I mean, yes, you look around. There's nothing you can do. A, I read that as we we can't do anything because this is not our job. Let's move on. Let somebody else handle it. Because Booker, you just murdered like fifteen thousand people beforehand, <laughs> and you can throw murder of crows at everyone. And Elizabeth will just keep handing assaults when you run out. So you literally could just run through this world and let crows pick at the eyes of like all the bad dudes and. Like you could do something. You have all this like insane powder power, and you're a murder factory. So, but again, I I get it, and I think that 1920s perspective does does this kind of gives them kind the of, yeah. way to make this racist That's world fair. work in the sense of this isn't just god awful. What are you doing? It 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 gives them that backdrop to what they wanted to say. Yeah, that's fair. is what why you have the 1920s vibe because nothing else is 1920s when you really think about it, like the technology, everything like that. That's you know because futuristic type world, but it's going off that with some of the racist ideas, like the fact that you have yeah, Booker, yeah, yeah. who you play as, wasn't too different. Was in the Boxing Rebellion, which I forget about because I don't remember my history as well as I should sometimes. And you also yeah. have the Battle at Wounded Knee, which I do remember or know about from reading books. So it, it's you're two like terrible events where he was involved, where I think. Wounded Knee, isn't that? I thought that's the one where that Custer got. No, Custer's last name. Never mind. But it's like yes. just two bad events in U.S. history, or maybe not even U.S. history, but just history where people were not good. I mean, it's kind of interesting that Booker DeWitt was at both of them, the guy you're playing as. And I could totally see him being like a broken guy. Like, yeah, he's been through some stuff, right? But again, just to have zero, zero empathy, even if, you know, he sighed and went softened. Yeah, I, I can't believe it, but. 
I don't think there's anything we can do. Let's try to stay something. Just, yeah, they could have himself. Made it. Like not everything has to be one note, Troy Baker. Like, and I know you're a better voice actor than that. You're you're you and Nolan North. You do all of it, right? So I'm sure it was you. more of this is what he was told to do. Well, yeah, was, obviously, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying. Ken I'm not blaming him. I'm not going to blame Troy Baker. I I, I joke I will about blame it. Blame Kevin Levine. I will. I blame him yes. for a lot. Oh boy, um, do I. So you through, can. The, through the fates. Uh, one of my favorite YouTubers and posted something on Twitter about Bioshock Infinite during playing this, and I wanted to read it to y'all because it's hilarious, which is the plot summary for Bioshock Infinite through him, which is a gruff male with the pleasantry old-timey name of Booker DeWitt travels by rocket chair to Columbia, a flying city where people make 20-second recordings of their deepest secrets and leave them lying around in in cupboards. (laughs) <laughs> he has been sent to retrieve a woman named Elizabeth who has the magic ability to summon a box full of first aid kits from an alternate dimension. <laughs> That's great. Booker <laughs> Booker wanders around in awe, observing the racist population as they throw machine gun ammunition in the trash and stare silently at nothing. But his sightseeing is cut short when a policeman tries to grab him and he is forced to explode 1,000 heads with a giant rotating hook in self-defense. <laughs> After exploding enough heads, Booker is taken to an alternate reality where he understands of Columbia has risen up in rebellion. These revolutionaries are bad as the racist oppressors, said the deadliest serial killer in history of human civilization, because they are violent. Fortunately, the entire setting is erased from existence and nothing of consequence happens. Metacritic rating of 95. <laughs> Listen, you know what? You could have started with that and just saved us all three hours because that's basically the thesis statement for the, my, everything I was about to say. I, I do yeah. want to talk about Elizabeth, though, while we're on yes. characters. Sure. I really – I don't care that Elizabeth can't get hurt. I don't care if she gives you ammo from the gameplay stuff, but I just love her as a character. I really do. I like that this character – is going through this with you, and she recognizes that you're an asshole. And I love it when he's like, "Yeah, we're going to Paris." She's like, "That's not Paris. That's New York." He's like, "Oh, what are you talking about?" Like, she calls him on his shit. She gets upset with him when he when he turns out that he's a mass murderer the first time she sees it. Like, I really like her, and as she evolves as the game progresses, and she does the Final Fantasy IX thing where she cuts her hair. I like that too because <laughs> she kind of changes a lot as a character and kind of mm-hmm. become more realization of what's happening and. You know, when she opens these tears throughout the game, there's points where she's like, I don't know if this is going to be better. And, you know, she's under learning her powers. And I just I just really like her as a character a lot more than I thought I would. And a lot more than I remember when I first played this game. She is a highlight to me of this game for me was playing with just having her with me. Yeah, and I, this, this I game is, <laughs> everyone loves portals. This game really is a coming of age story for Elizabeth, too, because she she starts off ironically as a girl who is grew up in a tower and then, like, she's like, you just can't kill people. And it's like, depending on what you chose, Elizabeth, that man stabbed me in the hand. Like, we, we're not in a thing, uh, like, a position where we can just stroll through here and leave. Like, you were locked up in a tower behind, like, something not even anyone could make behind a lock. You're being pr- protected by a 30-foot bird. We're not leaving out of here peacefully. <laughs> right. I, I like and I, I agree with you, Mike. I really do like Elizabeth. I think she's she's great. Uh, her voice actress is fantastic. She's yes. just excellent. Um, I had her name pulled up. But I lost it. it. It's she. She's great for all the reasons you said. Things have. She's a, a character where things have done nothing but happen to her. And this is like you said. That's a great example, Joe. It's this is a coming of age where she can now finally affect changes on her own. And I think that growth and that her turning into. You know, someone who's just wide-eyed and enthralled with the world because she's never seen it. She's only read about it. And turning her into, you know, someone who's 
not weary, but understanding her abilities and learning her abilities and learning what she was intended to do is great. That's the one of the best parts of this of this game is watching her growth as a character. Because I won't say anything bad about Elizabeth. I just think gameplay wise, her just constantly feeding you with ammo undercuts the nature of the immersive sim and what's fun about Bioshock in those games. So one of the things that, uh, like I said, I'm going to bring up constantly throughout this. Originally in the beta, she was supposed to have bigger powers. And I I don't know why or how. It never really got into it. But she was basically supposed to be more powerful than anyone there. Yes. Yeah. One, one of the abilities she had, which is what you get as a plasmid, she was able to, like, collect, like, all the material, all the metal around. And you were supposed to sit there and, like, pump like basically make the metal super hot with whatever weapons you have mm-hmm. and then tell her when to throw it and she throws it at a bunch of enemies and i guess they cut it because if i guess it was supposed to be a thing of well if she has plasmids that are just really really strong what's the point of you using yours but then i guess if anything you they probably could have made it to where you as a character didn't have plasmids but who knows where the hell that would have went? And I think, and I, I think that would have been a great idea. That would have been really good. How fun would that be to actually team up with your partner to actually take care of the obstacles, as opposed to using her as a key, really, as she's just a key for different things. And again, a never-ending supply of salts, healths, and um, you know, machine gun ammo. But maybe they also, I could see them also saying, well, we, I, we don't want her to murder people and kill people. We we want her to be solely support. And but even sense- then. You could have her do like defense type stuff. Or, you know, you could have her summon like the tornadoes and whatnot. Like that, you, there's so much possibility in Terrors. Like I love the concepts of this game. There's lots of great concepts. Just poor <laughs> execution. That's the problem. And poor execution and poor whittling away at the different aspects because of time and money and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Also, th- coins were a lot more like. I always had money in this game, which wasn't yeah. a thing in Bioshock 1 and 2 where I'm like, I was buying med kits. And in this game, you have a regenerated health. Or not, you have a, not regenerated health. You have a shield that's constantly regenerating. And I don't think you can hold med kits either. No. I don't remember there being no. a button for med kit. You said there was. I didn't know it. <laughs> no, no. You had to find them. And they just, I didn't just like them. that either. There were just, just... I have a lot of issue with the gameplay of this game. <laughs> I, like, I don't like the shield. I like the health system Bioshock 1 and 2 because it made you want to search for more because you had to heal yourself, where in this game it was kind of like, yeah, I just my, I just put everything, I just upgrade my shield enough so I don't have to worry about it. Well, the shield is there because the game didn't think to tune the AI enough where everyone isn't a, to make everyone a master sharpshooter from a thousand miles away because you are constantly getting hit bullets in this game it's almost like a metroid game where it's so tanky like you just you're just gonna take damage there's not much you can do except metroid dread you don't have to do that but <laughs> like an old school metroid game where you just take damage right and just take damage and it's kind of like this war of attrition uh because somebody sitting you know, 300 yards away with a pistol is gonna hit you right in the arm every time um so they make that shield to basically give you some buffer to realize oh well, i'm being shot let me run behind something as opposed to you you know knowing they're shooting at you and then defending yourself but anyway, eh, she's fine. Whatever. I can't care. Whatever. I don't know. It bugged me for some reason. Man, I, sh- I sure love my Halo shield from, you know, in Bioshock Infinite and my two weapon system from every first person shooter. <laughs> and this girl who's the equivalent of an of a infinite bottomless bag. Love Bioshock. <laughs> yes. My bag of treats for the gamer. <laughs> Lots of gamer treats. That was another thing that kind of hurt hurt the gameplay, too. Like, we were kind of saying, like, you know, how she gives you everything you need whenever, you know, you need it. And I just kind of was like, eh. But that's like, that's, and that, that was kind of where I was getting at with the, with the streaming stuff. At the end with the shooting, 
f- shooting bullets into someone's face from is innately a fun thing. Like, right. That's like primal thing. Like if the cavemen had this ability, that's the first thing they would do is just throw things at people's <laughs> faces. So it's a, it's a primal thing. So when my, my brother-in-law was saying, you're having fun. Well, yeah, I got a machine gun and I'm shooting dudes in the face. It's, <laughs> it's, it's innately an entertaining thing, but it's not necessarily good. And again, I was doing it on stream to be entertaining for other people who attended. Weren't that many, let's be honest. So it really was just myself half the time, but I'm still doing that thing. Um, I'd like to touch on Vigors, and then maybe we'll yes. go on through the story. Vigas, which is in this game's plasmids. What they're not as plas- good. No, of course they're not. What did you guys? What was your main? What was your favorite? Can you guess mine? It's electric. Electric. Yes. Okay, electric. <laughs> electric was good. Electric's great. My and number one though is Murder of Crows. Yeah, crows are great. I like the crows. They're I so only good. use electric once i get it i didn't i didn't use anything before and i didn't use anything after it i only like shocking people in bioshock games the, i like oh go ahead sorry the, the crow the crow uh, to, to quote uh my lovely husband because i also love the crows crows are just a bigger version of bees from bioshock yes. <laughs> bees were great crows are better because a crows will cause damage and i i don't think you even need the upgrade for it if you, may, if you do, it's very easy because there's a vending machine full of upgrades that's available to anybody who lives in that world. Just go ahead, Colombian citizen. Walk on up and get yourself some <laughs> murder of crows and this enhancement. It'll t- or turn them into traps. And since everything in this game, or I'll, I'll say 70, 70% of this game is just a murder hallway that yes. everyone has to walk in a straight line toward you, you just throw murder of crows, kill one person. They turn into a murder of crows trap. Everybody then turns into a murder of crows trap. Now you have a giant murder of crows trap, and you don't have to waste ammo on anything. You just sit there and watch him. I should have played that way. Yeah. And if and and if you set him on fire, it's really fun. You just fire crows, murder crows, fire. Watch the watch the hilarity ensue. I had to do that in the Comstock house, which we'll get there because we have to. I won't allow this show to stop unless we do. It (laughs) it which is one of the most horrendous levels of a game. (sighs) I've experienced in quite some time. It is, I don't want to say an abomination because that implies that it's like a big green monster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it is, <laughs> okay. it is harangus that level. Anyway, but anyway, we'll that's oh, and there, another complaint that I have is this a me complaint. There was no giant arrow to point me where to go. I did not like that. Everything's straight. I didn't, did not. I still want my giant arrow. There's one, there's one section where you do have to kind of take some branching paths. I got toward- lost. Yeah, multiple times in this game. Okay, you are right. There, there is a straight path, but I got lost multiple times. Mike, there is, that... a, there is an, there is an arrow button. If you hold like N, it'll shoot you an arrow. Can I tell you where to go? Yeah, yeah. It's, a space it's a dead space arrow. Oh, <laughs> yeah. actually, the first time I played Dead Space, I didn't know about the where you hold down the line, and I went through that whole game the first time without that, and it was it's much harder than you than it should be with that without it. So, so we've reached full circle, uh, Bill. I'm gonna bop you in the head with a wiffle ball bat. <laughs> you are com- you are completely wrong, by the way. Oh, so you have to pay for you have to pay for for um figures, correct? Right. So you can play every mini game in that carnival and still not, not have enough to buy fucking Bronco. Okay, but that also implies in the world that people have money because they're throwing in their trash. I guess they don't have money because they're throwing yeah. in their trash for whatever reason. But the, you, you, there is an economy there where you could purchase those things just without playing the mini game. Like I can go to the carnival and not play, not do the 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 ball throw game and still buy cotton candy. You know, like I don't. Know. Uh, yeah, sure too. But the every technically every vigor you get in this game is picked off of someone who's supposed yes. to have it. I think you're um, right. You're. I think you are right on that. Yeah. Yeah. Now no. just 
just because mm. you can buy the upgrade doesn't mean you have the vigor technically in a weird Colombian civilian stance. You can, buy, you can buy upgrades for your weapons, though. But then again, you know, I'll, I firmly believe Colombia is the kind of place where everyone is fully strapped. Yes, that's fine. I have no problem with there being an armaments vending machine. But I, I will argue, I do think there are some, because I did end up buying some plasmas towards the end because I was flush with cash. And I'm like, oh, I guess I'll just buy this thing now. Like you can buy, I think you can buy a Bucking Bronco. You can buy Undertow, which is useless. I mean, talk about a useless plasmid. Yeah. But the biggies, you have to find shock. You have to find the fireman drops fire. Um, pros drop pros. Pros drop pros. Yeah. So you have a point. You have a point. There, there, yeah. there is a point. Um, it would be, it's kind of funny in the fiction of that game, though, where somebody like, ooh, a vending machine. What's all this stuff? How can I buy the? It's kind of like, oh, I'm trying to think of a good, good example. I can't. I'll let you continue. But that's fair. <laughs> I guess that's fair because you do, they are mostly pickups. Yeah. 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 Uh, and also, which is actually you can find in a tape later on, which is funny. So small spoilers. They don't stay in your system and salt because it, it ironically you use, you use, was it Eve in Bioshock? Right. Or Adam? It was Adam was the uh, the stuff that got you to buy Upgrades. the plasma Eve stuff. Eve was Upgrades the blue thing you the, yeah, shoved in your veins. Yeah, and then you, yeah. During one sequence, vigors are a knockoff of plasmids, but they require way too much because they want people injecting themselves and having the same thing that happens in Infinite. That's what the creation of salt is, which is basically them juicing the slugs and turning it into salts. And there's a... There's a the only technically of several good story explanations. There's a recording of Fink saying, I fucking hate having to use salt. I don't know why we can't inject themselves. It takes three times the slugs to make salt as opposed to just the one slug you use to make tons of different uh, Eve injections. But you know what? That's what Comstock wants. So I have to do it. So there's yeah. the other explanation. That's pretty cool. The salts are fine. I mean, again, that's that's fine. And some of the stuff I really can and should wave off is video game stuff, right? We're playing a game. You know, this is, yeah, I mean, let's be honest. And I'm trying not to be, you know, Patrick Persnickety here, but I, it's, you know, that's just, it is, it is what it is. And I, it's just to think when it comes to immersive sims, there needs to be a little more detail. That's just kind of the nature of the game. This is not Call of Duty where you do get hit, shot 15 times, high behind the wall, and then you're healed. But it right? tries to be. That's it tries the to, though. That's the that's, issue. That's the problem. Like you guys said earlier is that it really does feel like Someone took a, you know, like, oh, what do gamers like? We're just going to put everything in the gamers like those one cells and, you know, go away from our, our text of vision, even though it sold Bioshock 1 and 2, I'm sure, sold great. That also Dead Space 3 was 2013, too. So the death of series that year, I guess. Oh, man. OK, I was right. God, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> and my wife actually asked a question. Uh, we can move on to, like, the last bit of mechanical stuff that's here. There's two. There's a sky hooks and then there's the stupid oh. clothing system. <laughs> Did, was Bioshock was Bioshock Infinite released around when steampunk really became a thing? Yes, like a real right. Yeah, because I know this game has a lot of steampunk vibes to it. There was a bar here in in Austin, Texas, that was here forever. And I forgot what it was called, but it was cl it closed down and turned into a steampunk bar. Like the whole thing was themed steampunk. And I have some self respect, why? so I never went into it. I don't know. I don't know. I I have self respect. I don't do that. No, I mean not that part. But why was it? <laughs> I don't know. It closed after like two years, as you would expect a steampunk bar to do. So steampunk I was thinking saloon. like, that's a, that's <laughs> there a, still that's, is one. Okay. Well, there, there's it's, it's So my question was like, is this because that was around this time? It was like around 2014 or so, 2013. So I was curious, like, was that when steampunk really started to become a thing? So because yeah. that also might have helped with the the overwhelming praise of this game was the aesthetic. Which the aesthetic is great, and I'm not gonna pretend it's not. It's everything looks really freaking cool. Songbird is my favorite thing. Oh, I 
adore Songbird. It's so cool. It's yeah, awesome. Uh, Big I'm, metal I'm, bird. It's great. I'm a known. I, I know you're right because I actually think that same year I went to the Renaissance Festival in Texas, which is like a big ass Renaissance Festival, and mm-hmm. I went as steampunk Sora. So I matched the the color clothing, had a nice. bunch of chains, had made goggles and badges, and uh, my uh, cousin got me a actual full metal keyblade, and I was carrying that damn thing around all day. So yeah, damn. steampunk, steampunk, steampunk oh. was popular back then. And for okay. the record, Steampunk Saloon was not really steampunk. They just called it that. But they had 50 beers on tap at the time. I can oh, tell that you that much. They basically trick people into walking into that place. I And again, if anyone's into steampunk listening, I apologize. I honestly do. People have their fandoms, and that's cool. That's the aesthetic is pretty cool. So I don't want people to think like I was like dunking on steampunk as a aesthetic or a community. Trust me, I am not. So sorry. I was just trying to make a bad joke. So let's talk a bit about pants and shirts and hats. Did anyone care about this mechanic at all? Yes, because some of them were really good. <laughs> I don't know. I always felt the upgrades were incremental, and I never – I there was one that I wore towards the end, and I just did it because I felt like you need to change my pants. And I was just trying to, again to like try the different things. And it's one where if you killed somebody, if you overkill somebody – I think it was called overkill. They would, they would electrocute everyone around them. I had that one. That saved my life in yes. the last encounters – because uh, if it weren't for that, I would have been miserable. Because those last, that last, those last dungeons are airships, and then that final one where you just murder abolitionists by the thousands. Because that's what we do in this game now: we murder people who have been oppressed, and we just kill them. Because why do we remember that whole side story about racism? We have cool things about tears to show you now. Let's just wheel this around like a child with a shotgun. Why would we care? So you guys are gonna get mad at me. <laughs> I, I, I I complain about having to fight an enemy raid for like the last two Bioshock. I kind of like the final boss fight in this one. Not to like a really good like, oh, this is amazing kind of stint. But I was like, I'm having, you know, I, this is a boss fight. I'm ha- And I think a lot of that has to do with the final mechanic they give you, which I won't spoil right now. Yeah, yeah. But I had a pretty OK time in that final fight. I was like, this is pretty cool. I love, I'm liking this. I remember loathing it when I first played it. But I was playing it on like PS3 with a controller. And I was getting murdered constantly. On mouse and keyboard, it was much more manageable. And with my overkill, I was able to get through it for the first time. But even then, it was just, I found it tedious, personally. But they really do. I mean, they, they do make an effort in that final area to give you all the all the things you could possibly do, right? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, we'll, we'll touch on that when we get there. But um, I don't know. I just never really, and actually, I don't know if you guys had this on your copies. I'm sure you did, because you're playing on PC. When I walk into the initial room when I first meet the Lutesses, well, first meet them, meet them, and they give you uh-huh. the shield, there's like treats galore. Like there are like pla- I, there's like pants and upgrades yeah, and infusions. I, so that that's from it, I believe it's either a pre-order bonus okay. or it was part of the season pass. And since I believe the Bioshock Infinite is part of the like remaster edition or whatever. Yeah, the re- that's the rem- what we all played. Yeah, the remaster. I play on PS5, by the oh. way. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, yeah, which loading times were astounding. <laughs> but yeah, um, what was it? Yeah, it, it's one of the things where it was a it was like how EA kind of had to where with Dead Space, uh, you could just buy a whole bunch buy weapons that you know completely break the game. It was the same concept where like for five bucks you could buy the starters the the completely break the game in the beginning where you get like three upgrades, like three hats, three three hats, three vests, three pants, three shoes. <laughs> yeah it's boots and then you get like a thousand money and then i think you all like the handgun the shotgun have skins on them 
Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the handgun is like a, is golden. It's like a, it's like a golden eye. It's like a golden eye, golden gun. Yeah, yeah the man with the golden gun. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, which is it, fine. Again, it was. I figured those were DLC bonuses, and you, it, I don't I think didn't, you have to take them. It was. I, I took them. I mean, it was, I was just wondering why they were there. I'm like, why is all this stuff here? There's there. It's. I think it's funny too because of all the stuff there, I got a decent build, which people always say that there's a there's a way to get a build to break the game in Bioshock. Which is funny that you mentioned that build because the pants you got at the end of the game I found in the beginning. So I basically just cheat. Oh. I cheat my way the entire way through. And it's really weird that they randomize what you get because, oh. like, I guess it's supposed to be a way of, oh, every time you play the game, you'll get something different. But oh. there, there's a build that you can get where, like, if you melee someone, you can, like, dash 30 feet towards them. Yeah. And, like, you add that with, like, I think I had a top hat. That whenever you hit someone, it does like three hundred percent damage and sets them sure. on fire. Yeah. I got the I got the overkill one to where if you hit someone, they you know it stuns enemies. Yeah. And then my boots were like something about if I get shot in the ass too many times, I run faster. So <laughs> it was. I always felt like when I whenever there's upgrades like that, I I always look for anything that's meaningful for what I am right now. And I I would receive something, and it was either melee and a lot. There's a lot of melee upgrades if yes, I remember correctly, and I don't melee. So for me, it was like, okay, well, I don't, I don't engage in that mechanic. I'd rather shoot somebody that's 15 feet away than, than hit him with my stick or hit him with my hook. So I guess for me, and I guess I can't knock on it too much. I think it's ridiculous in the world. Again, like this is a ridiculous concept that there are pants you can buy like, that allow you to run faster if someone shoots you in the ass five times. Like That's, <laughs> that's nonsensical and stupid. But I just never found myself engaging in it. And again, the few times I did, I never noticed – big differences right i i'd rather you know stop rather than stop and take care of somebody and run so for me it wasn't a big deal and i guess it's good that people do enjoy that and can can do that loadout which is good and you want that in this kind of game but for me i just felt a it was ridiculous for the world it was in and b never had anything for me except for when i just when i said overkill what's what's that and even the description wasn't great like if you kill someone too much you shock them I'm like well i do that but i guess with my carbide and doing headshots because again I'm on mouse and keyboard. I'm just plinking heads like <laughs> like it's nobody's business. I guess oh. that's considered an overkill, and that would shock everybody. And it was really great. I mean, that was that was choice. So I found a really good one towards the end, which actually would have sounded also would have benefited you, Bill. Where every time you kill an enemy, your gun doubles in damage, and it does that up to five times, and your gun what? would just be yeah, your gun would just be burning red hot, and that's how you knew you were at the max. So at oh. the end of the game. Yeah, so when I was at the end of the game, I had overkill and that, so I was just shooting enemies, and then they would die, and then they would kill everyone around them, and my gun would already get to the max where it's supposed to be, and I'm just shotgunning people in the chest and like just killing them instantly. That's amazing. I did not discover that, so that that sounds amazing. Yeah, I think may, and since it's random, and I didn't realize that either, maybe I just you know RNG a bunch of melee stuff which I don't use. So okay, I got a lot I'll of melee that. stuff too. That's fair. I mean, that's that's fair. Okay. I, I wasn't a big fan of the of the clothes mechanic because I know it's replacing where you get the plasmids and one and two where you you know upgrade yourself different ways. You like it wasn't the same. It wasn't. I don't. I just and plus you can't really like. I never knew how to change clothes. Like I would just put on whatever I got. I never knew how to look at what my inventory was to change it up. The start button. Oh, oh I well. never pressed that that much. I don't know. Yeah, it just. So, I mean, so that's a me problem. Like that, yeah. But I mean, I, I was like, happy with what I had, so I didn't care. But yeah, it, it was just one much time. In, I didn't yeah. like it. I didn't like the concept of it. I would have rather had plasmids. It was just a lot of things in this game that I did not like on the gameplay aspect. So as much as I do like 
as much as I do like making fun of putting on clothing that lets you blow people's heads up, I also don't like it to an extent because there's a lot of times where like, oh, I found this hat that, you know, uh, does increase damage like this way. But then it would also be like, but then I have to replace the hat where like if I kill someone, you know, I get more health. So but as opposed to like in Bioshock 1 and 2 where it's like, oh, I have a way to where I can pick and choose what I want and have a really good like, you know, build setup. Right. Yeah, it definitely has has a lot of that. Yeah, I, it's it's fine. Also, in the end, it gives you four slots. Really? That's what it is. They're just enhancement slots mm-hmm. where in Bioshock, you can, of course, purchase more and more and more. So you can actually build out, you know, through that risk reward. Hey, I'm going to buy more gene tonic slots so I can actually fill this out with more abilities. You're kind of picking and choosing. And the game doesn't give you an elegant way of picking and choosing. You got to go into a menu, go over to the thing, pick the thing, cycle through the hats and shirts and pants and shoes. You're not quite sure what it does. It's There's a lot of tax involved with doing that. I'm not saying there isn't in, in Bioshock. You have to actually go to a gene swapping thing. Is that right? If I'm right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you go to a place where you know you're going to do that and different approaches. And I can't kill either one for it. Neither one is terribly elegant, but yeah. That's yeah, fine. I'll I'll come back for my my pants annoyance now. I'll come back. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's. I mean, the fact that they're random. I don't really like that they're random. I didn't realize that. That does kind of bug. I was wondering why I had such good equipment right in the get go. That was also kind of making me wonder too. But now I know it's a pre order bonus. That makes more sense. I was just really confused. I'm like, why am I getting such great equipment immediately? Yeah. I'm like, I assume that's kind of what I see. It was like, oh, okay. Well, also too, it, it, it when you walk into that area, it's it's this game stops you and keeps giving you alerts like, hey, you got this. Hey, this period, this thing. Hey, this thing. It's like, yeah. Ah. Clearly, this is all DLC. I I, I purchased with my seven dollar investment into the entire Bioshock series. So okay. Yeah, we all bought the Bioshock collection, which yeah, is yeah, a yeah. great deal. You should. I mean, you should. <laughs> I have the Bioshock collection for PC, and I think I'm gonna go ahead and replay it again with like and go look up some mods so I can have all the upgrades for like the the tonics and everything because <laughs> you you really do miss out on some really good all be and it's all because you don't have enough money and also with uh, gun upgrades too. What is it? I I also got it for free on PlayStation Now, and I was like, I don't feel like playing on my computer in my cold ass basement where it was like <laughs> negative three degrees the other day. <laughs> so I'm yeah. just gonna play on my couch. PC is the way yeah. to play this though. I I will never play this game again this is it this is this is this is closed the bioshock infinite chapter in my life we haven't like, talked about the skyhook yet did we no we haven't let's, let's, okay. let's hit skyhook and then maybe we'll start going through the story yeah we'll get there <laughs> you were not wrong about this being a long one though <laughs> yeah, yeah I called it. Uh, with the skyhook i don't like it at all it really bugged me in this game like i just didn't like the fast traveler having to use like there were times where i forget it exists I'm like oh i gotta go do this to get over here i'm like it's just i would have rather not had it in this game, I just so, it wasn't something that I didn't enjoy. I mean, yes, it's cool that you have the traversal. You can, can you can traverse a large arena to get around to get different views and take out other enemies. But I just didn't enjoy it as a thing. Yeah. So in essence, the skyhook supposed to be what makes different from Rapture. And uh, funny enough, originally it wasn't supposed to be a it wasn't supposed to be a big hook. It was supposed to be an Assassin's Creed hidden gauntlet thing. And oh. you're were, you were supposed to have a pipe. But why they changed it, I guess, because it was just an easier way to combine having a melee weapon in your way of getting around. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the idea. I it, it, But it also one of the things where it's like, you know, with, with actions, you have consequences. So, you know, you have to have the sky hook. We have to have fast paced gameplay where right. you're running around this hook and you can jump towards people and slow. They slowly see you coming at them five miles an hour and then hit them in the face. Right. Yeah, it's. It, well, first off, with the sky hook, 
I, they say it's magnetic. They set that up. That's a magnetic sky hook that attaches to the thing. Fine. What I don't understand is how he can leap like Superman 100 feet to latch onto a sky hook and then start and then start immediately going. Like that thing's just, it's no friction, there's no ramp up, just Again, it's fun, viscerally fun, I guess. I never found it all that interesting, too. And they don't make sense in the world they live in. I get it. You need to get goods and such from place to place because they're all floating balloons. I, I get it, right? They're all floating cities, and that's cool, and that's great, fantastic. But why do they have to have like roller coaster downswings? And other than the fact that's cool, because roller coasters <laughs> are inherently cool. They're it's neat. Just a video game. I think it's video no game, other... right? But again, and that's why this is not a good Bioshock game. If I saw that in a Call of Duty game, I would just say, all right, well, I guess it's just cool. Uh, whatever. World War Five military man goes on crazy rail system. But again, Bioshock has got to work within the constructs of the game. That's why this is an immersive sim. I'm going to say it 100 times. Skip ahead 30 seconds if you hear me going on again, audience. I don't think this one's much as an immersive sim as like one and two are. This is more just a straight, this it's is a straight not. up shooter. It's a first person shooter. It's a first-person story with, with a heavy narrative, yeah. It's a narrative-heavy first-person shooter. Yeah. And that's what's just so disappointing about it because this probably could have been. Um, and we'll, we'll, again, we'll talk more about it as we go through it. And I'll point out where it could have been. The, this is like a, it's like a house that's like falling apart. But as like a realtor <laughs> would say, it's got good bones. Like this house has got good bones. It really does. Like there's some good stuff here. Like the time traveling stuff's actually good if you thought it through for more is than – more than a week. No, it's not. I mean, no, it's, like, it's not really that much time travel. It's more of dimension hopping. Or no, that's a, a little bit of time travel. Oh, time okay, travel, yeah. time travel, dimension hopping, whatever. More dimension hopping, I would say, yeah. than time because you have. We're not. Yeah, we're not there yet. But we'll all get there. All that stuff is promise, you know. And like, and then all. Even if you had a brain in your head, the race, the racial stuff, you can do that in a game, and we'll talk about it. Yeah. But um, not in the slapdash shitty way you did it here, <laughs> sir. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Should we talk about enemies? We haven't really talked about the enemies yet. But oh, yeah. but but before we get enemies, Bill, you want to get super mad? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so no, no, this actually made me mad too. They actually had an explanation. You were supposed to have like these accordion scissor lift shoes that was actually supposed to launch you up in the air and hook you onto the sky hook, but they felt like it would take too long to animate it, so they cut it out and just said that the sky hook was magnetized. I just, it's just, it's just beyond the pale. Like that is just. And that's a big problem with this game, too. I, we didn't really get into the development. I didn't read up on it a lot, but I've heard I, through the grapevine this was a disaster development. <laughs> I read up on the development a lot for this. Yeah, so. I was hoping someone would. Yeah, I yeah. just ran out of space and headspace for it. But this was a disastrously – like, this went terribly. This was a five-year development cycle, I think. From what I understand, there's a lot of people, as happens in games, that if you start a game but you don't finish it, you don't get on the credits. That is a thing Oof. that happens in games all the time. Which means if you were one of the original people and all of a sudden there's a giant turnover because Ken Levine got a cranky ass and is like, no, forget it. Just want all new art developers because he's the auteur and that's what auteurs can do. You evidently don't don't get you don't get credit on the game because you didn't weren't on the final team, which sucks because if you're trying to get more work and other gigs, you need those credits. Yeah, horribly shitty. So I think some of that happened here. It took forever. There was 100 revisions, 100 cuts. Enemies that if you read about on paper sound actually really cool in the game are just beyond the pale disastrous. So that's very interesting. You mentioned spring shoes. Like she's back, basically backward shell from, uh, yeah. from Portal. Instead of soften your blow, it can spring up. Okay. Uh, they soften your blow too, apparently, as well. 
Right. Oh, see, okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. So they they removed that and they said, all right, he's just a magnet man, and every and all of these people have the arm strength to hold themselves aloft on this thing, and their arms don't rip off. Clearly, like these <laughs> everyday policemen who have these because they're walking around like, hey, see this new thing I got? They can actually just run around and and traverse the sky hooks without yeah without their arms falling off because everyone can do that, and and handle a machine gun in the same and <laughs> handle a machine gun. And then somehow tell your skyhook to disconnect. Like I don't know, maybe there's a button. I guess there's buttons I don't know. on it. Button, there, okay, fine. The button. Yeah, there was a uh, which of course you know little little twenty year old Joe couldn't afford it. There was tons of like special editions of this stuff. You know they actually had tonic bottles for sale at GameStop, yeah. and they had a full one for one replica of the skyhook. Which of course you know as a kid I'd be like, oh that's so cool. But as an adult I'm like, I think I'd rather spend my money on something a little bit cooler. Yeah, like for me, like diapers. That's what I get to spend my money on. <laughs> my my daughter ate like four eggs today. What are you doing, girl? Like, God, she That's was funny. like, she was like three eggs and a piece of piece of toast with peanut butter. She was glomming. That's what I get to spend my money on. Not really rad sky hooks. And let's be fair, the design of these things are for the most part really cool. Everything looks really freaking cool in this game for the most part. So visually, it's astounding, and that's why people like this game. Not saying they're basic. I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm not immune to the to the charms of a coolly designed, you know, rotating saw <laughs> that you can lop someone's head off. Right? I'm not. I'm a human being. But in the world, <laughs> kind of stupid. Just kind of dumb. And the other thing I want to talk about is the the enemies in this game. I mean, most of them are pretty simple. Just your normal super shooter fodder. They're just guys with Chaff. guns. Yeah. So there's not a, I mean, you, you know, changes the story progresses where you're fighting policemen, Vox, different enemies. You also have like special type enemies. You have like the crow guys who use the crow, pla- not plasma, but con- ability. Yes. crow ability. Yeah. You have yeah. them, you have firemen who use a fire ability and that was really, and then you had the Patriots, which are robotic. I, I couldn't really understand if the handyman's or the Patriots are supposed to replace the big daddies. Yes. I didn't really get what they were. I, I'm the handymen are just really fun. You only fight a couple, and they're really, really annoying because they're strong as hell too. They're really annoying because, which is are, are really weird that I've always thought about this game. Their weakness is on the back, but your shock jockey isn't does never stuns them long enough for you to run around them and shoot them in the back. It's one of the most annoying things, which is why I kept a, a, a an RPG with me because I just shot them in the head four times and they were dead. Because yeah. what the game wants you to do is kind of strafe around them to shoot them in the back. But they're always way too fast. Like you can't get around them, and it's not like you have like a teleport ability, like a like a Dishonored, you know, where you can like teleport behind them. <laughs> Imagine that. How cool that be? Like <clears throat> teleport behind them, shoot them in the back, or pull out their thing. That been that's cool. That's fun. That's immersive. They that's just, options. So I just I just hit him with my rocket launcher four times, and I didn't want to engage. I knew. I remember when I played back in 2013 how annoying they were. Like you said, Joe, you just the idea is to go around and shoot them in the back for more damage, but they they're all they're always faster than you, and shock doesn't give you enough time. So, yeah, I I, I would just shoot them in the face with shotguns when I had them. I mean, handyman's I would just run for my life and try to get any shots I could. But the Patriots, I did they did amuse me. How the Patriot robot are different things. Give me one second. I remember what it is. The ones that Comstock owns are George Washington, but the ones that the Vox use have little devil horns, and they're Abraham Lincoln. Are they? I was going to ask at the end. Okay, so that, that answers a big question for me because at the end, when the Vox, when you're murdering all the Vox, because that's <laughs> what this game wants you to do, um, they're using Patriots. And I'm like, how do they use, how are they using Patriots? 
Because they're yeah. different. They, are Patriot. they different? Okay. They, they I'm, assume, I'm assuming they just okay. hijacked them, essentially. Because I, well, I, I was watching them like, wait a minute, but these are all like Comstock robots. Like, how come the, pay, the Vox are using Comstock robots against me? And I didn't notice it had a different a different face on it, like, a, a, like, an, like you say, Abraham Lincoln. So mm-hmm. I guess they could have gotten it from a, a seller. Okay. I, I'll, I'll walk off of that one then. I, I that was a big question as... of mine. I was just like, I don't understand how I'm choosing, choosing Patriots. Other than the fact that fighting poor patriots at once is really hard, and this is the final encounter. Okay, I'll walk off from that. All right. I always just it. took it as they just reprogrammed them and the robots. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're smart people. They're intuitive. Yeah. I mean, plus, you know, you, you come from a thing where a guy basically hires smart people to make him stuff. Of course, he's not going to know how to program them himself. That's fair. That, that, that's pretty <laughs> fair. I'll walk off that. Oh, you, you, know, you know what I'm going to say, Mike. Smart people, smart do people smart doing things. smart things. That's it. That's it. <laughs> it's been a while after we have that one on here. Check it, check it off your bingo card, y'all. Smart <sighs> people doing smart things. I don't get it. Yeah, and then we have the hand, and then the handyman. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, listen to our Marvel episodes. We used yeah. to say it a whole bunch back then. It's, it's, it became a bit of a, a running joke on the Marvel episodes where I'm always enamored in, in any sort of media when smart people do smart things because it doesn't happen as often as you think it would, especially in like a Marvel movie or an action movie. I just like that. When Tony Stark is making his Iron Man suit. He's a smart person doing smart things. I love that. It's cool. It's so, fun long. so anyway, um, and then the handyman. I think those are kind of sort of – there's no replacement for the big daddy here. Like They're just big bosses. Patriots are and, – and that's just a big – and you fight like four of them. The design and the uh, conceit of the big dad – of the uh, handyman is really cool. I like the idea of somebody who – I guess towards the end of their life agrees to stay alive, but they're in this kind of like metal monster suit. I don't know if they're weaponized by then, you know, Comstock or Fink or anybody else. Comstock, I, I assume. I guess they're weaponized. I guess I don't know why they'd agree to that sort of thing. There's a really good voxophone where a woman is uh, bemoaning her, her husband becoming a handyman, but she's glad she's alive or something like that. It was actually good. I think it's more These of just suck. people just, aren't ready to go. I guess. And it was just I, I, there is a reason they actually stayed it. I just don't remember. And it's the way to defeat those guys. Murder of crows. They stop and they wave the crows around their head, which exposes the juicy orange bit in their chest. And then you shoot them a bunch in the juicy orange bit. And then you shoot murder of crows again. Is juicy that orange bit. Yep, is that how that's you're a, supposed to do that? Because yep. there, there's an achievement that everyone kept complaining about that you couldn't get back in the day where you have to shoot the handyman in the chest with the hand cannon like 30 times. Yep. And I, I I thought you had to stun them with shock jockey. It never worked. So huh. and if you're if you're actually engaging on them after a while, they start covering their juicy bit and it's getting, they kind of cover it, which actually is smart. And actually also, too, because, again, I would just fire RPGs. Yeah, I would do, again, murder of crows, RPG, and then within four shots, five shots, they were toast. But they will also shock your shock jock, shock your lines, the sky hooks. So you can't just run away on the sky hook and just circle them because they will jump up and actually shock you off of that. Uh, that's a, a defense you have. So really the game is telling you you just got to stand toe-to-toe with this person that you can't melee, that I don't think you can shock. I never really – again, I just use crows. Fire is not really effective. Yeah, so there's a, and there's certain things where the game says not effective. You have, you're limiting your toolkit. So you just have to like stand there and shoot them and hope she throws you more salts. <laughs> that's, really, that's really what these are. They're a terrible boss design. It's just like you, like you said, they're kind of like the brute splicers in two. Or sorry, was it two or was that? It's in, two, um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I don't like the brute splicers. I think they're boring to fight as well. They are. So it's just a giant brute splicer, but that is the the pro strat. Murder crows in the face. They wave their arms around and then you just shoot their orange globe. Oh, so, I just really didn't like them. But yeah, they're, yeah. They're, I mean, they're few, so it's not terrible, but they just bugged me. 
So originally, yeah, the the handymen were supposed to be the big daddies of this game, which they kind of changed and then didn't follow up with it because of something else, which we'll get into because of the story important. But there were supposed to be like five different kinds of handymen. There were supposed to be one like the ones you see now. There's supposed to be ones with big crab claws, guys that shoot out fire and things like that. But they're just like, no, we can't we can't sit there and spend time making these big ass enemies. So, yeah, they just ran out of time and ran out of money. And it's. It's such a shame, and that's why this game for me is more disappointing than angering because it could have been fantastic. That sounds cool. Different types. That different. does. Yeah. Of course it does. They had lots of cool ideas, and that's why I can't even kill the developers because y'all had really cool ideas, but I can kill you from a few things. But for as far as the design and play, this was supposed to be a lot more fun and not just a shooting gallery, and due to time and money, it became a shooting gallery, and that's sad. That's really unfortunate. Well, since we're here and I decided it's going to probably, if y'all don't know about it, it's going to increasingly upset y'all. When this game actually had choices that matter, you were supposed to have scripted sequences where you were supposed to fight Songbird. Oh, Oh, come on. And that was actually supposed to be what affected your gameplay throughout the game because Elizabeth, which I was going to say for the story, but it's a little bit, you know, not that big of a spoiler. Songbird is Elizabeth's, you know, caretaker. And so what it was is there was supposed to actually be sneaking sections and you, it, it's kind of in the game too, where like there's times where like you can walk into a store and go behind the counter and steal money. And the guy's like, you took my money and a bunch of cops run in. Th- those were supposed to be, you know, sequences you can where, you know, you choose to make a disturbance or not, where depending on how much stuff you needed. But if you did, Songbird would show up to which then Elizabeth would be like, please don't shoot my friend in the face. I love him. And it's really rude for you to do that, Booker. And if you did... Because technically she had what was essentially souped up plasmids, her her helping you would affect you less. So you wouldn't get huh. bigger explosions or a tornado. You just get the simple like electricity and small explosions and stuff like that. To which that was actually supposed to maybe affect the ending. But who knows? Cool. Because because that whole sequence was scrapped. Because I would have loved to be have a nemesis type songbird in that game. I'm assuming timing. Mean, yeah, and mm-hmm. you mean to have choice and agency and things happen and interact and react to what you do in the world? That sounds great. You mean now, <laughs> now that in itself is explained to the story, which I do believe I have an explanation for, but we'll get to it when we get there. Yeah. So I think we're ready to go to the story, Mike. What do you think? Should we, yeah, we should. I want to say what Columbia is, though, yes. first. And then we'll. Columbia is a floating city that was created by the Lutec twins that is up above where Comstock. The, the main villain of the game had went and started a society of like, I don't know, perfect or try to be, it's kind of like rapture, but in the sky. Yeah. It's, so, yeah. it's, yeah, it's, it's built on the ideas of American exceptionalism. You know, he was a, I guess, war hero, I suppose. Oh, yes. I forget. Yeah. He was a war hero. We'll see we'll how that works out. Uh, he gets very involved in the government in the United States. He decides to build this uh, monument to, again, American exceptionalism. There's supposed to be for the United States to kind of float around the world and show everyone how great America is because if you're born in the United States, you're immediately awesome. You're the best in the world. We're the best. That's how that works, evidently, according, 19- to, <laughs> to, according to them, which is actually a real... 1912 for you. Yes, 1912 <laughs> happens now, too, unfortunately. <laughs> yes, it does. Uh, plenty of people with that still that same mindset. So, what the idea was, like you said, Mike, is they built this city in the sky, I don't remember exactly how he fell out of favor with the United States, but he Comstock has very backwards views of race, I think religion, and, no, and religion. Well, oh, go ahead, go for it. Uh, yeah. So, um, the it was the Boxer Rebellion, 
what it was was Comstock was like, I have this big city that floats. Look at it. We sell cotton candy and we sing songs that no one's ever heard of before because of reasons and all this other stuff. And then the Boxer Rebellion happens and they're like, oh, man, we're kind of losing. What do we do? Comstock literally goes, hey, check this shit out and flips a button and launches a bunch of basically firebombs during the Boxer Rebellion. And they're like, the government's literally like Comstock. You fucking lie to us. That's not a that's not a a vacation city that's that's just a big weapon yeah you know for america and they're like we can't have that dude and that's why he left oh and he literally secedes from the union okay. as if they're a state i mean you can't really secede if you're not a state but that's kind of how they put <laughs> yeah. it they secede from the union and he built his own little paradise in the sky where he is the prophet because everything he says sorry everything he says inevitably comes true we find Maybe. out how he's doing so later on but that's why everyone on um, now in Colombia, reveres him as a god. He's like a god figure. Um, he's the prophet, or he's connected to God in some way. He's not Jesus. Uh, he's not Jesus. He's not Sky <laughs> Jesus. He's he's God. <laughs> he's not Sky Jesus because yeah, I mean, that, this, that would work. This game goes goes a lot on religion and political. Like it's very based. Like you know this. Like I can see the future, so I am God, and I you know and this every how everybody worships him, and like he's a terrible person though too. He's an awful person. I mean, yeah, not even yeah. the racism and everything else. He's just a, I mean, just a terrible person. I mean, his people you see as you travel through Colombia are suffering terribly. He don't give a shit. Oh, that's what it was. So originally in the beta, which is where choices mattered originally, um, <laughs> a, a, very originally, Comstock was supposed to be a middle-aged man, not this older man, which uh, alludes to something later. But it was supposed to be Comstock against Stalinstall, which originally the concept for the game for the uh the choices and matters and stuff is that Comstock was supposed to be a very religious praise God. We're doing the, you know, the government's God things. And the other person that you were, that was going against him because they were originally when you walked in, Colombia was supposed to be having its first ever, like who's running for president for Colombia was against a dude named Stalin stall because Comstock alludes to someone in actual American government. And Stalin stall obviously has connections to communist propaganda it was supposed to be them competing against each other over who would rule Colombia. Uh, and that's why uh, the Vox Populi exists, because they had a bunch of red themed stuff. Yeah, and a lot of red weapons and things like that. Uh-huh. And originally, which makes me super mad, there was no religion in this game. The fighting point of this game was supposed to be those two people, and it was supposed to be against politics over what was better, a government that has religion or a government that has yes, that is communist. And what the big fighting point was, was that Elizabeth through Comstock's side was like, oh, she's 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 magical. She has these abilities. She can cure the sick and fix things and blah, blah, blah. While Stalin Stalin and the Vox Populi saw her as a, oh, my God, she's a witch. We have mm-hmm. to burn her at the stake. And that's where the, the conflict would also come from, which was, you know, do you know, we're safer on the on the religious side. Uh, Elizabeth, but they're kind of fucking weirdos or we're going to go over here where everyone wants to literally burn you at the stake. That sounds so good. I mean, that you mean, you mean battling ideologies, you yes, know, it which, was, is, it, <laughs> which is kind of what Bioshock is all about. I mean, that's really, you know, Bioshock 2 is all about, you know, Lamb versus Ryan. Like, that's the setup, y'all. Like, oh, man, uh, that was a good. I, I kind of, I blame Kevin Levine actually for that because there's also a statement where he says he's never going to make a game about Bioshock about the Civil War because he wants that to remain a mystery. So I feel like that has to be a thing where it's like we can't do Bioshock two, Bioshock one and two again. Let's just make the religious stuff racist. 
<laughs> so st- come on. <sighs> oh boy, the way he bungled the racism in this game, I'm sure <laughs> if I'd want him to give the Civil War a shot. Well, this is this is the last game he made, it looks like. Because Rational Games hasn't made anything since 2013. Yeah. No, well not not the Civil War. It's the the Civil War in uh, Rapture. The yeah, he he came out in an interview that was like, I'm never making a game about that if they ever give me an opportunity to. I want that to remain a mystery, and I'm just like let me load up the double barrel shotgun. And well, just... why? It's, it's, it sounds interesting and good. I would love to see what happened in the, that Civil War. Same. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Rapture is definitely a much more interesting world than Columbia. It's the racism. <laughs> <laughs> well, Columbia is a, so we can talk about Columbia as a setting. So we'll just quickly go through how Booker gets to Columbia. He. Well, that's a, that's a story. We'll just go through the story. Like, yeah, we'll yeah. Yeah, that was a story. He goes through. It's a lighthouse. He goes up. He shoots up into the sky. He solves a very, very straightforward puzzle, which Bioshock <laughs> loves to pretend is a puzzle. Here, here's the paper. Hit the buttons on. The, it's my 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 egg destroying daughter could handle that one with no problem. She's one and a half. Like that girl would be fine. Now, to to be fair, the 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 only thing I do like about the intro because it's really funny. You get a prelude to the he doesn't row. What do you mean he doesn't row? Yeah, he does not row. It's I think it's funny, but. You're supposed to already get like a weird like what am I walking into kind of thing of going up the lighthouse and there's a dude tortured to death and what is it like you know notes drawn about a surprisingly no voxophones but just all this weird stuff that's put together and then you get which is my the 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 lucky lucky moment of being tipped over to empty out your pockets and thankfully only your gun falls out and not the key that's the most <laughs> important part. <laughs> yeah. of, of this of this uh adventure and then you get launched into the sky which is honestly pretty terrifying it's it's very oh. o- it's very opposite which this game does do a lot and I, I at least appreciate that it does do a lot of like this is supposed to be rapture but not and you do the whole floating above the city yeah. and being introduced to the, the first look of it of it floating around yeah the op- that that opening sequence is really once you start launching in. I mean, it's fine. And all of it's pretty cool. It's good atmosphere building. You launch it to the sky and you see Rapture, or Rapture, geez. You see Columbia in all of its glory, and it really is stunning. It's it's gorgeous. I mean, it's it's just such an imaginative, interesting world. I mean, this the first hour and hour or so, or maybe two, maybe two. Is what everyone remembers. Again, they remember the beauty of of Columbia, and then they remember. The baptismal font, and then somehow you end up in, I don't know, on, on Columbia, but whatever. Let's just we'll go there. And then everyone remembers this stuff. And all this stuff is for the most part's good. Anything in Columbia is cool. As a city and as a conceit, it's a very interesting and beautiful um, area. Um, you do not land on Columbia, though, at least you don't think. You land someplace to walk through a shrine of to Comstock. You kind of get the, the exposition dump, Lady Comstock. You get the Comstock, you have all these candles, a bunch of Comstock followers, and you do this whole baptismal font thing. I never yeah. understood this, like, because why do you need to be cleansed of your sins before you go to, I guess, I guess that's the religious piece of it that was hammered in poorly, by the way. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah go ahead. It's, it's, a, it's supposed to be very religious. And it's supposed to be kind of like a very beautiful thing. It, it's also supposed to kind of give you anything of like things aren't right here. But also yeah. kind of give you of uh, something's going on here and I can't put my finger on it. Uh, like they believe like was it George Washington and all them are all like not just political figures, but like godly figures. You know, they yes. have the statues of them holding the key. And the, but what is it? The, the key, the sword and the, the scroll, which yeah. I, never, 
I never got, but no, they don't explain that at all. The key to Sword and Scroll. You're right, though. It's like think three of them. It's I think it's certainly not Lincoln. Ooh. It's uh, <laughs> it's uh, Washington, Franklin, Jefferson? and Jefferson. I'm pretty sure those are the three. Yeah, and they're kind of like the Holy Trinity, you know, like figures or stand-ins. Yeah, yeah they are. But though. all that's they are, and they, they and that's all that's all pretty good. Like if you're gonna go that route, you can go religious route. You know, I. I I know a good amount about that stuff, so I I can you know go that route. That's fine. I'm into that. You know, you're now deifying these. You know, as the player, you're like, why why are these you know founding fathers deified? Like, where am I? You know, that's good. That's really good. It's all good stuff. I think you wander out through Columbia and everyone stares at you with weird you know Unreal Engine faces, which is I, I did like the fact <laughs> that you have a good like half an hour of gameplay where you don't shoot anybody. You're just wandering around trying to figure out what the hell you're doing. That was a yeah. cool aspect. Yeah. So I have a very important question for you, storyline-wise, for both of you. Okay. Okay. Uh, you walk into town, right? You walk into this nice town. Everything's nice. Everything's pretty. You turn the corner, and there's a big sign that says, hey, did you know that Satan has a tattoo on his hand? And if you <laughs> see him, we're all doomed. And you look down, and you magically have that same tattoo on your hand. You think you would put a fucking glove on it I know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Immediately. Yeah, of course. <laughs> like he he has a little like cummerbund or like a scarf around his neck, which gets in every and all. He, he's wearing it on the poster of the yes. game. Yes, he is. You would think he would take that off and wrap around his hand and be like, "Oh man, I probably should put my hand in my pocket this whole fucking time." Hey, hey, dopey idiot moron, <laughs> do it. That's why I don't like. He's a fucking idiot in this whole game <laughs> yeah because he just would put the scarf on. on you're right put the scarf on you because he looks at it and so you the gamer can see it oh ad oh well better be careful around here better <laughs> be careful weird. there's nobody in the shops all this sh- this world another problem with columbia there's a problem with columbia i like it but there's a problem it's not lived in <laughs> nothing's oh, lived in everything everything's this i know because they're all at the they're all at there. the the raffle, yeah. right? They're all the fun yeah. fan the raffle. Fine. But even so, like nothing feels lived in. And that's, I think, more of a feel thing for me. I just felt like it was going on from set to set. But, dude, there's no one here. Run into like a clothing shop and grab a shawl, like you said, if you don't want to remove your own because it matches your look, you know, because let's be honest, you know, and throw it around your arm and go. Get Clearly, that's going to be a problem. Clearly, you're not meant to be there. I don't like I I understand what the the explanation behind it, but I think it removes the lived in feel of Rapture again, which is the fun part of an immersive sim. It's a lived in world you experience <laughs> through interactions. And Bioshock's brilliant because Bioshock's is wrecked, ruined city, but it's filled with splicers and creatures, you know, and and that's cool because it's lived in. There's one scene in this whole game where it felt like it was an immersive sim moment, and I'll, we'll get when we get there, I'll, I'll talk about it. Uh, but other than that, like, there's never a moment where I'm like, "Ooh, I'm not, I'm playing a game." Like, I mean, I'm in level level world. You know, it, it's <sighs> highly very dis- it's very gamey, and that's I think a, a, probably a symptom of how many cuts they had to make and how many <laughs> sacrifices. Oh yeah, totally. So anyway, um, we should talk about the raffle. The raffle is just. Uh, do we have to? We have yeah. to really have to <laughs> well, talk so about it's the a ride. key point when everything goes to yeah, hell for the character, but it, it's so stupid. So you go to this yeah. raffle, you pick a pick a number or something, and then you you all have a baseball. With a, it's a baseball, right, with a number on it. Yeah, to it's which, a baseball. Okay. To which they they you get you get a a telegram from some mysterious figure that says, "Hey, don't pick 
ball 77. If for any reason you pick it, just don't get it. And he gets the ball and goes, huh, 77. And a girl even goes, that's a lucky number. All he has to do is go, hey, kid, you want this? Cool. Bye. Yeah. It's like, because, or, or just slowly back away like Homer Simpson into a hedge. Like, <laughs> that's, that's, do that too. Uh, and it's just so stupid because like he gets this and the whole raffle is they have this biracial couple that are going to be murdered for being biracial, I think is what it was. Yes. They were. So, yeah. Yeah. You're supposed to throw You're supposed to stone them with baseballs. Like I, it's just, it's just unnecessary. And then because you don't, you can either choose to throw it at them or throw it at the commentator. I chose the commentator, of course, but he doesn't get to throw it because they stop him. Cause they, Oh, look at your hand. You know, cause you never wrap the scarf around your hand. We see. And then that's what they start chasing after you because of that. And it's just, it's just stupid. Honestly, I it, there's nothing more funner and like more hilarious because you literally murder a man in front of like a good 100 people <laughs> to which preludes to you being the Antichrist. But like just the really cool segment of him throwing a ball up in the air, everyone going, huh? <gasps> and then them wiggling the thing in your face because he's obviously threatening you with it and then slamming another guy's head into it. And then everyone just disperses like, oh, yeah. This totally proves I'm not the Antichrist. Picks up Chainsaw. Uh, it's, it's, this whole thing is, this game treats racism and, and a racial society, right? Because we lived in a racist society. We still live in a racist society to a certain yes, extent. We, we it's just are. way more low-key, obviously. It's more systematic. But of course, like... We're low-key now. Well, now, I'll say now. <laughs> well, yeah. But I mean, there's still obviously elements of that in our societies now. So the idea of a racist society is not should not be foreign to anybody and is fine. All right. You can you can do that, but you can't. And this is one of my big tent poles of why I don't like this game. You can't use racist imagery and racist verbiage, which this game does all the time and racist propaganda and constantly throw in our face for freaking 10 hours. We get it and not comment on it. This is never commented on. This is used like a like a late nineties morning shock jock, right? Would <laughs> like get some girl on the radio and hey, like that's what this is used like. It's for shock value. You're not supposed to go there. You're not learning anything about the society. It's supposed to it's intended to be like, oh, now you know what the society is all about. That's why there's nothing but white people around. Oh wow, this is terrible. And if you do this in this fashion fine okay it's supposed to be gross it's supposed to be disgusting there's no the game won't let you throw the baseball at the actual couple someone stops you because they see your mark in your hand because you didn't put a you didn't put a scarf around it (laughs) um so the game will not let you do that thank god thank god it won't let you and the only reason any sane person would do that is to see if the game would let them right like is this game gonna let me do this and hit the button you it's never commented on it's used as a backdrop and it's used for shock value and it's because this whole thread goes away. <laughs> it just disappears. Two thirds of the game. World. Well, no, because now we're talking about tears and time travel and all the stuff people remember about this game. Yeah, you that, didn't need the racist stuff. And I, I go ahead. I'm just one more quick thing and I'll let you go. Yeah. Jill. I'm sorry. It's just doing it like this in this ugly, gross, disgusting way. If you're going to go that route, you have to be responsible enough to comment on it and follow it through. To where it's logical end, and the logical end is not the people who are being oppressed are just as bad as those the oppressors. That's not a thought that should be in your head. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, it's not. It's not a you, thought. I'm I mean, sorry. there's that. I mean, it's a line in the game that simply says, you know, both sides, which I have a comment about later. I'll hopefully read. 
where it's like both sides are the same because they're murder. I mean, they're not. They're like, not. Yes, they're, you know who yeah, writes that? I think it's supposed to be that they're both that the extremes are bad at everything. Yes and no. I mean, in this case, you have people who are being you know starved to death because you have a part where you open up a tear and then all of a sudden they see food and they're just stuffing oh, their God, face yeah. with food. Uh-huh. Like these people are being just used by the factory like worker like owner. And there's even one point where the guy's like. We only pay you with money for the company store. Cause the company store is all you need. It's like that oh, yeah. was that was a thing in the 1920s. Outlaw, I think maybe earlier, but it was outlawed and it's terrible. But it's this huge consumption. And yes, they eventually, you know, rebel against their supp- oppressor because they're being oppressed. You have people who are living with this great technology and living a very free life. And you have people who are starving to death when you obviously have food, as it shows you earlier. It's like like the Hunger Games idea where people right. are suffering. It, it's just unnecessary and that's where like there's a lot of comments that don't need to be like there's another stupid comment where at one point elizabeth asked booker what are you scared of i'm scared of you like it's just so stupid i like that line (laughs) uh because because she can she can open up tears and she can go to different worlds the whole idea is that you're opening different portals that but it's just dumb (laughs) so so joe you're gonna say something on it yeah so i i kind of get kind of get and kind of don't the one thing i can agree which is really really bad and we'll get into it when we come up to it because of what it is i don't completely agree on the whole like oh you know you if you do what your oppressors do you're just as bad as them no no they kind of deserve it but i i I don't really feel like it's one of the things where the racism in this stuff is really weird but it's also one of the things too i have to keep remembering this is the 1912s like this is nine. 1900 this is early 1900s 1910 to 1920 they stuff was pretty that bad back then so it's one of the things of like well this game kind of gets a pass on it because it had you i get to the point of well it has to have something wrong here but in another point i have stuff from the beta i have works and wikis and stuff from the beta where oh no it wasn't going to be racist it was just going to be where religion is really weird and religion is bad when you spin it in a bad way it's like you really could have just done that. Like, you really yeah. could have had it to where it was, which is still racing itself. You could have had it to where you have two people pulled up who aren't Christian. And then that's why they want to be, they're going to be pelted. And that could have just completely changed the story and right. not everything out. Because racism is a binary thing. It, racism is, is extremely, it should be, right? It's where, where faith and, and religion is, has lots of shades of gray to it, right? And I think that would have been, like you said, that, that would have been interesting, at least because. It wouldn't have been as visceral. But again, something like that wouldn't have the shock value. I really do think like showing two characters in blackface behind this couple who decide to marry so you can throw baseballs at them and <laughs> literally stone them to death is is so gross and outside. And again, if you if you go that route, you got to comment on it. And Booker, the character you're wielding, never, ever <laughs> ever comments on it finally elizabeth does but she's more concerned about the squalor and how people are being oppressed like, really no care. one ever mentions this and it's not uh, like a one-time thing unless i'm maybe i'm wrong i could be completely yeah, wrong there, there, there's like this she makes a comment which is actually really good like they booker and elizabeth have really good co- commentary and she actually does provide a little bit of commentary later on you know for your faceless character so <laughs> It's just, yeah. I mean, the religion thing, I get it. Like, I could, I would have rather had him to run with that. Like, Comstock is a very religious character, and you see him throughout the game, and you're the Antichrist, and I like that. I would have rather, you know, 
I would have rather kept going down that road instead of making because like the first part of the game, you're going after Comstock. And then at a different point, you jump, you end up having to work for Daisy Fitzroy, who's one of the people that are being oppressed, the leader of it. And it's just like it gets stupid in aspects because you go through different portals and you go into a portal where this is also where you, you see an image where people who you were killed in one world, you go in a different world and they're alive. Their nose is bleeding because they were dead in the other world or something so of stupid. that nature. So stupid. So st- so freaking stupid. Stupid. <laughs> I I like the idea of multiple universes. I like the idea of different dimensions. In, 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 even in our reality, I believe that I mean, not like I'm going to go and preach to people. But I do believe that that could be a possibility. But if it is, I don't believe that anything we do in one affects the other. They're just all there because that's just how, you know, how it works, if if it's a thing. But the idea that because you got killed in one dimension should not affect the others. I just didn't agree with that. Since we're here, I mean, this has nothing to do really with what the situation here is now. But I guess I'll just put it here um, because why not? (laughs) One of, I think, the biggest problems with this game, and there are many, from a story perspective. And again, if something can, someone can enlighten me on it, I honestly do want to be enlightened on it. I could be wrong. But the problem with this game is that there is infinite possible, infinite universes or infinite timelines infinite dimensions which implies that for example that the idea the idea is that if you get killed maybe prematurely i'll say i don't even know if that's the case if you get murdered in a another timeline you you yourself in another timeline your current timeline you start skitzing out like you start glitching because Maybe the designers didn't want to finish to gl- fix the glitch. <laughs> Just kidding. But you start glitching out and you're having this weird push and pull like something's not right with me. If that were the case, wouldn't everybody have that? Because if there's yes. infinite possibilities, at some point in one of the infinite possibilities, the you, because the you in that possibility is going to get killed or going to have an accident or fall down a ditch, right? So wouldn't everybody be schizzing out with bloody noses? Yes. I'm That's only okay biggest- with it. Yeah. Yeah, when you go, go into a world that you're not where you're where you're not supposed to be, like you go somewhere else and you're you have already died, then I'm okay with you not being okay. But no, I don't agree. If you're in your own world, you should be fine. But nobody else can go into the other worlds because only really the Lutesses and only the Lutesses and and uh, Elizabeth Elizabeth can do that. So it's not like you're just people are darting back and forth between. Yeah, so no worlds. one there, sh- there shouldn't be a thing. It's only there because to make the ending go. <gasps> that's the right. only reason why it's there. And that's that's my biggest problem with one of my story wise is the fact that this game is called Bioshock Infinite. When you introduce the word infinite, because it sounds cool on a game on a game box, you are now opening yourself up to this idea. But wait a minute. Like there's a universe of paradoxes here. Now, if this was Bioshock 40, let's say there's 40 timelines. You limit it. Okay, I could buy that a little more. Doesn't sound as cool as infinite. Could 40 be perfect? 40 is a very biblical word. You got religion. There's you know, 40 days in the desert, and the ark was 40 days, and 40 years wandering in the desert. Blah, 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 blah. Like 40 is all over the Bible. That'd be perfect. Perfect number. Anyway, I want, we'll talk about that. I don't want to get into timeline stuff right now, but I think that kind of matters as we walk through this. Long uh, story short, this I, I just the racist stuff's not working for me personally, and I think it's just gross, and they don't do anything with it, and I think it's irresponsible of Ken Levine and his pack of cronies, <laughs> whoever <laughs> greenlit this thing. Yeah, uh, 2K, to, also 2K. And 2K, whatever. Is 2K even decided. around anymore? No. Okay, I didn't think They're so. They're not? Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. I don't think so. I'm oh. pretty sure he's right. I'm going to look that up, but I think they went out of business. <laughs> so we, we leave this horrible place, and I like how when he, after he murders the cop, you know, in slow motion faction, as you said, Joe, do... No, they're yeah. still around. Do people... Are people still there? No, the cops are around. You turn around, the cops are around, but none of the people are there. Like, all I mean, the 2K's people still around, are gone. sorry. Oh, 2K... <laughs> 2K still exists. <laughs> 
All right, 2K Sorry. still a thing, but uh, I like how you like turn around and all the people are gone. Like you don't see anyone leave. Of course they're gonna run away, but no one is. They just disappear. And what's neat about it is for me, like I couldn't find the key to hit the because you have to of course hit V, like you said, to mm-hmm. to use the weapon. I couldn't find it, so I was kind of fumbling for it. I look up and the cop is still standing there. Everyone's just waiting for me to find the key <laughs> on my keyboard. So that's it. And you kind of go through and you go through some homes and. I don't know what the big the next story story beat is that yeah. really matters. You find a really racist, uh, really racist voxophone. Yep, got the first. I actually knew it was there, and I was yeah. on Twitch. And actually, this is actually an interesting, funny story. Um, I was, I got to the, I had a few people on my stream. I was there. And oh, were you there? I was there. Oh, right on, cool. So, okay, so you remember what happened? I almost, yeah. I almost let the you audio go because when you switch scenes, I'm still learning how to use all this stuff. I still don't know what I'm doing. So I switched to the other scene, like, all right, I'm going to go to another scene. We're not going to watch this on stream. I'm not going to listen to it. Hang out for a minute. We'll come back. And I'm sitting there. And all of a sudden, I look down, and the, vo- the desktop audio is still going, or whatever <laughs> yeah. it was. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize it didn't, like, the audio doesn't change from scene to scene, which is weird. Maybe it does. I don't know how to do it. Oh, exactly. man. I like that. Yeah, that, it was pretty pretty good. And then um, I didn't. I made sure to not pick up that voxophone that has the very blatant um, racial epithet in it. Again, I don't know. I, I already stated my thesis on. It. I think it's gross and disgusting, and it was completely uncalled for. And they did it not out of story reasons, but really just because it's a it's a it's 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 controversial, man. It's controversial. Like yeah, that that is the reason it's there. I really no do question. think it's that. Yeah. Anyway. So we go through gross voxophone. You get to murder some people. You get learn possession. Yay! Murder more cops. Fireman shows up, throws fireballs uh, at you. You beat him, right? Yeah, I think this is also where uh, you also find the very unnerving uh, racist stuff. Uh, other racist stuff. You go through the town a little bit, and you found like like the secret society where they all wear like purple, purple KKK outfit. Yeah. Oh yeah, yes. I remember this. Yeah. And, and I think this is also where you find out this is which isn't surprising because it's it's the 1912s, but it's like, oh yeah, we're using we're using people of color and different origin because the Irish are also in this too. Yes. Right. And uh what is it? And it's like, oh yeah, we're using we're exploiting them for money. And it's like just you as as yourself is just like, well, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it's racism. Of course you are. Yeah. And then you get yeah. the murder of crows. It is great. Murder of crows is great. I shot because they don't pull out their guns right away when you go in there. They're not. A, and as soon as I saw the racist guys, I just started shooting them all. I didn't even care. I'm like, you're all dying now. I, I think when they see you, they start shooting anyway. So it's fine. Oh, yeah. They, they didn't get a chance to. By the time they the first they saw me with bullets in their head. So <laughs> I, I let I let them spout their rhetoric because I figured this is the last time you'd be able to just say such disgusting, vile, vile stuff. So go ahead and enjoy your last words. Where I just murder you with fireballs and machine gun blasts. Well, there was also was some part part where I was walking around and some guy said Negro or something when the NPC does, and I just turned around and shot him. Nobody was shooting me. <laughs> nobody was after me. I'm just like you. I'm like fuck you. Boom. And then all of a sudden they're trying great. to kill me. But I was, it was just yeah, funny. Yeah. He was talking to some servant, and I, so I just shot him. I'm like, how dare you? I no. want to say this basically leads you to you walking up to Monument <laughs> Island, right? Yeah, it's, that's kind of all the way. Also, we you, can you encounter uh, the Lutesses, uh, I think a okay, couple of times yeah. here. Um, I, I'll just comment. The Lutesses are great. I love them as a pairing and as the people who are constantly poking your brain as the as the player. Hey, none of this makes sense, right? Good. <laughs> yep, makes perfect sense to us. There's that one. Of course, nothing you do in this game really matters at the end of the day. Like no choices you make. But there's one. Oh, it might be. Yeah, it might be the coin flip where they ask you to flip a coin and heads or tails and. Whatever you whatever you picked, I guess I don't think it matters. 
um, they walk around. He's got like a what's like a chalkboard around his neck, you know, and it's, all, <laughs> yes, yeah. and it's it was heads every single time. It's so so good. Very funny. The, the only real affection that you ha- or effect you have is at one point they have either you get a necklace that somebody gives you. It can either be the birdcage necklace or the bird necklace, and that affects what necklace Elizabeth is wearing at one point when they oh, give right. you a choice. That's, That's about right. all I caught that actually had any real type of change. Um, um, we also uh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh yeah, no. There, there's another. Ironically, the baseball throw does matter. Oh, uh, weirdly enough, because you find that couple hiding out somewhere, and they give you a yes. Hat. Yes, <laughs> but <laughs> thanks um, for saving us from our stoning. Here's a lovely chapeau for you. <laughs> but there's also a really funny moment where uh, you also realize people from Colombia are idiots. And it's like, <laughs> I think you're walking around and you hear like a, a news recording. It's like, we found the false shepherd. He is a red haired Irishman with a French mustache who, who is funny. who is five foot even and then, like, you walk into a building and this woman's, like, explaining what you look like and you shoot the cop and she runs off and it's like, it looks nothing like you. And it's really weird. I think the actual line is that he's either a five foot, five foot tall with red hair and a mustache or he's a seven foot two giant. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like it's, they're, like, super wrong. If you see this man, tell your local police officer. <laughs> I like the radio guy a lot. I like towards the very end, by the way, there's a little scene when everything's just going to hell in Colombia, he's like, I hope someone comes back for me. You know, I uh, still here. Huh? How about some music? <laughs> he's like, I love this idea. This guy cowering behind his desk, like still trying to fight the good fight and play uh, classical music or I, speaking of music. We can't continue on because part of Colombia, there's one of my favorite moments is when the dirigible shows up in Colombia and starts playing God only knows by the beach boys. Nah. in This like oldie time rag, t- like a barbershop quartet style. It is. I love that. That's part of that. You were saying, Joe, where you're not quite sure what's going on. I know that song. Then you realize it's God only knows, which is a phenomenal, beautiful song. And they do that all throughout this game. I think that there's a tainted love. Oh, is there? Oh, it's all all throughout this game. There are um, there is a YouTube group that does old time versions of modern songs. Yeah, they they did this. They did those for this. Oh, really? Yeah. Not Penny Royal or something like that. Gosh, I it's something like that. They have a really good cover of uh, Feel Good Ink by Gorillaz. They, yeah, they they do the music for this, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they and they weren't known by anybody before this game. And then they got their YouTube channel and that's kind of when they took off. But they do all the music for this. And, and they're all, again, oldie time covers of modern songs. And the, the conceit behind it's very good, too. It doesn't quite <laughs> make sense in the world. Where the guy who's releasing these recordings and doing this music has a tear that he can look in and find the modern music of the day. And he's like, I can't believe I'm making this music. It's just it comes out and I hear it. And because that's in part of one, one of the ruined places you find when you're trying to find the Mama Comstock's parts, whatever you're trying to do. Is this Spirit. in the game? It's different. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I only heard the God only knows. I never heard any of it. Oh, one. it's all over the place. You'll hear it from tears. You'll hear it on the radio. It's all over the place. And it's yeah, it's really fun when you intersect with it. There's a part later on where you, you do you walk by a tear and you hear it playing. Oh, I can't remember what it is. But it, uh, I know Booker's like, I've never heard that song before. And Elizabeth makes a comment where it's like, I don't think that song even exists yet. <laughs> I oh. think it might be Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Yeah, it's just want to have fun. Yeah. Anyway, no, that's that's it's it's the music cues in this are very fun and good. They did um, a cover of Fortunate Son from CCR. 
yeah. fits perfectly for this. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that song in general, but I'm just like, this just fits this world perfectly for those that know the song and hearing it. Actually, a good take on it, too. Yeah, it's it's really fun that, how they do that music. So so we're not quite a songbird yet because we have to go to Slate. I don't think no. we... Oh, no, uh, no, we, we, have, we have Elizabeth at Slate. So no, right. yeah, you go to, you get to the Monument statue right. and then right. I, then you go and meet her for the first time. Mon- Monument statue is the very definition of this is fucking creepy. Yeah. And like, I, I, I love going in there because like when you, when you first get there, you kind of get a hint of what, what the gameplay is and what you've seen from the trailers. And it's them experimenting on what's essentially a girl for 19 years because they, yeah, yeah. And yeah. uh, you 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 know they 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 have to lock her in a dentist chair to make sure she doesn't mess with people. There's red tape. You find uh you find audio logs of the janitor who's like man these <laughs> it's what I hate to admit it. He says that he's like man these these people were up to something weird. <laughs> I, I ain't messing with it though. I'm just gonna do what I say and just 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 do my job. Just do my job. And just get it. To which yeah. then you you find him probably he gets like disintegrated at some point. Yeah, he gets like disintegrated. Um, yeah, there, there's a really interesting part where you walk in and you can kind of get a hint to what happens later in the game where you find like three objects and it they change randomly. Like there's a bear, like it becomes new and, and used. There's a, uh, you know, a book and a flag and stuff like that. And blood. I believe there's blood there too, like a like a bloody handkerchief and you can get turn the blood away. To which then you're introduced where they're walk, watching behind mirrors. Uh, Elizabeth, I guess her last name would be Comstock. Elizabeth Comstock. Yeah. Uh, it's very the, creepy. Yeah, the seed, which is an even creepier name. Ugh. Gross. <laughs> so gross. The seed of the prophet. The seed of the prophet. How, how it, it's like the weird like uh, villain like from olden times where it's like someone would call you the seed of your dad's name. And you're just like, oh, the fruit of the loins or something. <laughs> God <laughs> for saying. <laughs> oh, but uh, interesting enough, which we find later on. I don't even think Elizabeth knows that she's supposed to be Comstock's daughter. She does not. No. Yeah. Nope. Is, Nobody. That, that, that is a discovery. Yeah. That's a discovery um, later. Yeah. You find out Elizabeth does what any girl would do, like in a tower, uh, Rapunzel from Disney's movie. Uh, she would read up and learn about stuff and decipher codes and figure out how to try to figure out how to get out of there. And then Songbird shows up and you get launched out. Yep. <laughs> One of the many times you get thrown from a place and uh, and no harm at all done as you plummet. And I think for a, a while after this, you're just trying to get an airship to get out. And I think that's around the time that you have the scene where she when he lies to her, like, yeah, we're going to Paris. And she realizes that it's not the right. And then she leaves you for a bit and runs around and you're trying to chase after her. And I think that's when you get your airship stolen by the Fitch by Daisy Fitzroy, who is part of the people that are being oppressed. Well, yeah, we've we've jumped we've jumped pretty far though because I think it's because oh, you yeah that's right you skate Monument Island and of course you skate oh, yeah. with her you, you skate with her beach up on a beach yeah yeah you end up on a weird beach, beach island island beach again me just being persnickety I feel like so that obviously this is an island beach they've made where's that water draining off to is there like one like place on the earth below that's constantly got water on its head <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's always raining I don't I didn't pursue yeah. it my brain further i mean i don't is the water draining or is it no. just a big pool it's a, a big pool is it i thought i thought i remember water falling off but i again my brain i said shut up brain stop you, <laughs> this is too much now too much with you being persnickety it's a big yeah. pool that, that you, you go behind the scenes you find a guy and you find a voxophone where a guy's like i'm so sick of like having to pump this water back and forth to make waves. <laughs> yeah yeah, so oh, yeah it's a big pool. Right. 
Okay. So a giant wave pool. That's neat. Wave pools are fun. <laughs> and um, you, see, you see, which is honestly my favorite scene, and someone made an edit out of it, where you see Elizabeth dancing to music, and there's there's a really sad edit that I've seen where she's dancing around, and someone put at the bottom where it's like, I wish I could just leave, this, stay in this moment forever, because this is kind of where things end up royally going downhill for both of them. Yeah, and this is a great moment, too. I do like the beach. Again, you have more people, at least. This feels lived in. There's a world. There's Again, even though the people staring at you are just very creepy and weird because they all stare at you in the eyes. Like they just like lock <laughs> eyes with you, all of them. You get some cool little environmental stuff. And like some of the some of the ladies are like, hey, look at this guy. You know, you just fell out of the sky. You're probably dirty and gross and grimy. Oh, but you're no, looking for. Yeah, you did fall in the ocean, right? A little, sorry, the baptismal waters of the ocean. <laughs> so you kind of walk up to you find Elizabeth after exploring this area. Really fun. She wants to dance and you basically tell her then. You want to go to Paris? Knowing full well that screw Paris, we're going to New York. Great, let's go to Paris. Lead the way, person who just rescued me. Well, yeah, you just rescued her, so fine. There's a cool area here in the beach, like kind of like this uh, arcadey type place where there's, it's like Doofus and, oh, what was the name of the fake cartoon that they had? Duke and Dimwit. Duke and Dimwit. I I was going through, like, I, wa- I walk up to the thing, I got my stream. I'm like, I'm going to listen to all these Duke and Dimwit things because these look fun. I listen to three. And then they repeat. And mm-hmm. I'm like, damn it. You could have given me more Duke and Dim- <laughs> give me more Duke and Dimwit. I could have used a whole arcade full of Duke and Dimwit. It was really funny and clever. Again, one of the cool little discoveries. I think this is the part where again you're kind of just walking around over to trying to get to the main like boardwalk area where the shops are and such and the, the gondola comes down, all that. And there's a little spot. I'm oh, sorry, go ahead, Joe. Oh, there, there's Duke. Funny enough, I think it is a little bit uh, teasing in the spoiler. I think it's funny that he they chose that name for it because uh, DeWitt is very similar to Dimwit. But um, there's more of kind of stuff going around. As one of the comments that I actually think is funny, your Elizabeth walks in with you and she's like, "Oh, look, it's it's Duke and Dimwit." You know, like, and I'm assuming they gave her the arcade machines or showed her the, the clips or whatever whenever she was a right, kid. Right. And she makes a really funny comment, which is like, oh, Duke and Dimwit, you know, stuff and all that. And she goes, you know, now that I think about it, these cartoons are really unnerving <laughs> and a little messed up. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I love that's kind of like the start of also Elizabeth starting to realize, too, like maybe I have been sheltered my whole life. Right. Because right, she, she got plopped out of Monument Island into a resort. Right. That looks great. Everything's great. And then that's your very good point. There is one part in this, and I think it's here, where you make a cor- turn. You turn a corner you don't have to make. One of the mm-hmm. few parts of this game where there's a, a, ba- a path that you don't have to take, but you can. Because it, it's encouraging exploration, you see, not just go forward through the corridors. You make the left-hand turn, and there's a table. You know what I guys would say? Like books around it, and there's like a little teddy bear in one, of the sh- one of the, um, in one of the seats. And there's a little piece of cake and a coffee, and a lit candle, and clearly somebody in either a child or a really creepy adult. No, it's not a teddy bear. It's a doll. It's like a like a, like a, a child's doll. And either a child or a very creepy adult has set up a very nice date for his pet or date doll. And <laughs> I sat there looking at it. And guys, I guess you guys didn't come across it. I, I, sat there looking it. At, I sat there looking at it like, this is terrifying and cool. This, this is Bioshock <laughs> right here. This is what's fun about these type of games is discovering these weird little micro short stories, these little micro stories that have nothing to do with the game at all. But it gives color and light and life to the environment. I'm like, this is awesome. It's creepy and weird and unsettling and cool. I'm here for this. 
Nothing like that ever happens again in this game, as far as I know. Yeah, it does. Um, does it? I I mean, maybe there's yeah. some other. I'm just mentally forgetting. But <laughs> you didn't like uh, a Comstock House? I thought that was pretty creepy. <laughs> Comstock House sucks. Scott Comstock House sucks so bad. It is beyond reproach bad. It is inexcusably bad. We'll, we'll get that. there. We'll get there. Anyway, so we get through, <laughs> and I think is this the point where we have to get shock jockey to yes. start the gondola so we can okay. You can go so, to Hall of Heroes and stuff. Yeah. Spe- speaking of um of t- getting tired of hearing stuff, I swear to God, when I was playing it the first time through, I'm not gonna lie, I was a little inebriated because it was Friday night, I had a long day at work. <laughs> if I heard the word tin soldier one more time, I was gonna <laughs> pop my own eardrums. <laughs> <laughs> tin soldier. Ooh, yuck. Tin soldier. That's funny. I uh yeah, I there was um this is actually pretty neat. again this you can go to the different shops and there's all sorts of different things. There's cute little songbirds. Yeah, you know, I want one of those. I super <laughs> they make them. They evidently they came with like some collector's edition. You can get a, a plush or a statue songbird. I want a plush one. Looks super cute. I love that design of songbird. It's so cool. Yeah, and there's there's a little more environmental stuff here you can do. You kind of wander around. There's no friction here. And then of course it turns into a murder arena. I forget yeah, why. Oh, yeah. No, this is where you go get tickets for the gondola. And right. uh, you, you can choose to shoot the guy. I always like uh, getting stabbed in the hand because it adds a little bit to Same. the, uh, to the uh, aesthetic, to, yep. to the cutscenes and stuff. Because he, he keeps that. She wraps a scarf around her hand, and that stays on for the remainder of the game. Does it for the whole remainder? Yep, the whole game, all the way up okay. to the ending. Um, kept an eye on it. Like, is that going to stick around? And then I just forgot about it. Yeah, but... What is it? Yeah, this is where they try trapping them, and Elizabeth totally falls for what obviously is like a scam. Like, there's a guy who's like, and I think it's really funny because you're you're kind of supposed to notice it, but when you play this game numerous times, you super notice it, and it's like there's like there's two guys. It's like, oh, I want a hot dog, a hot dog. You say uh, that'll be a uh, oh fucking twenty five cents. Oh, okay, <laughs> do you have any sauerkraut? I don't know, <laughs> and like. There's people like talking and like like about nothing. Like, this is where it, it, it's supposed to be like really creepy and guys standing around doing nothing. Right. It's it, it's it is, it is a little bit of world building. It's fine. I remember that hot dog conversation. Like, what is going on? Like, why are you okay? Cool. Thanks. <laughs> I, it was just wondering. It was just again a lot of us wandering around. Um, you go to the Hall of Heroes. We'll just kind of go to there. I will state for the record that I do appreciate the effort to create this kind of like living area that you can explore. Um, doesn't happen a lot in this game, so I do appreciate the the good old college try, as they say. <laughs> this yeah. is also the only moment where I actually believe like racist imagery is supposed to be because we were kind of really mean to Asian people in the boxing and even during like World War One, and then we're also really mean to Native Americans back then too. So, yes. and this could be me just being ignorant of this, and I, I I apologize in advance. But was it like actual like propaganda, or was it more systemic? Because we were. F- freaking horrendous to them of course even though it was still you know 40 years 50 years after after slavery because mm-hmm. the, the propaganda of this read to me hey player just in case you forgot still racist still <laughs> racist over here we got the racist hats on so if you forgot here's something really gross to look at that you're gonna wince at because we gotta remind you for no reason we're racist i don't yeah I, I don't know, and maybe that could have actually been a thing. I don't, I don't know. So and no, no, that was a thing. That was back then when we thought, like you know, people. Which I'm not saying now, so don't someone clip me for this. Uh, this is back then when people, you know, uh, Native Americans were savage and uh, Asian people were sneaky, and that's why all the imagery's there, and it just looks horrible. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there, there's oh, actually yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, that's right. there's there's a really good character building here too, where I think it's after. Of course, you're introduced a slate. You know, you need to get the stuff from slate. Slate, you know, talks, which very grossly talks about how much you and him had fun. But Elizabeth makes a really good comment where she's like, "Booker, are you okay?" He's like, "No," and she's like, "You, you hated all this, didn't you?" He's like, "I was just doing my job," you know. Yeah. But I like, did like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Slate talks about how you guys took, like, Booker took like twelve. That twelve boys that they used to do back then that was atrocious scalping he scalped 12 native oh, americans right yeah and he was carrying him around which one thing we we kind of glazed over in the beginning but it's because booker is uh you know character action man he is a member of the pinkertons which yeah. was the government yeah the government uh men in black of you know get stuff done no questions asked and make sure no one finds out kind of thing famously love to um famously love to um quell labor disputes yeah <laughs> unionizing. That comes Ugh. up too, doesn't it? Like they're like, yeah, uh, yeah like yes. I think they're the uh, when you go to Finkton, uh, Booker explains it to Elizabeth. She's like, "How do you know that?" And he's like, "I've done some of it." <laughs> Booker's past is 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 interesting, I guess, but it's again, I just feel it's poorly handled. But that's an interesting point. You're right because all throughout that home where you're trying to get Slate, he says to him constantly, like, "Slate, we don't have to do this. We can just talk." Like clearly, he knows Slate, and Slate knows him, right? But mm-hmm. Slate. Because everyone in this game seems to be at least a moron at some point in their lives. Oh yeah. So sends his sends his army. No, they want to die. And the army's like, sure, let's die. And and you know, of course, you know, our murder man is like, fine, I'll just murder all of you. That's okay, but we don't have to do this. I always felt that was really weird. Like, hey, Slate, let's talk first. Like, no one talks first. <laughs> everyone goes straight to the shooting. Um, especially when we get to Daisy Fitzroy, which is terrible. Everyone <laughs> goes straight to the shooting. Like, we can't just sit and talk for a minute. And imagine how great this would have been if there were some nonviolent solutions to things. You could have like, like snuck around people instead of having oh to God. kill everyone. Well, it's of course, in Burial at Sea, we retcon that. We do a lot of sneaking <laughs> in Burial at Sea because we oh, yeah. everyone wants sneaking. But we, we all go straight to the shooting, right? Because I guess they didn't have time in the schedule to build those things. How cool would that been? Like to reach Slate and maybe talk them down. Like we can do that in modern games. Deus Ex does it all the time. Like Human Revolution and it's a modern game. Camera probably around the same time as this one. Why can't we have that anyway? But we get to Slate. He's 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 already lost. I guess. I guess. I don't know who shot him. It wasn't me. Oh, I guess we did because we 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 You're tail fighting him. Yeah. We tail yeah. him throughout. We give him the option to we can either shoot him in the head or leave him be. Um, if you what did you guys choose on that? I saved him or I didn't shoot him, but then when I found him a little bit later in the interrogation room, I shot him in the head. Then I I did say a thing. I I. Same. If you don't shoot him, okay, so if you don't shoot him, he ends up, like, lobotomized in the interrogation room. I thought for a good minute or two, like, ooh, should I shoot him? Like, it'd be more humane to do so. No, I didn't. I, I, didn't. I didn't. I figured I could. I, I assumed I could. But, uh, no, I decided not to. I just let him sit there like a vegetable. All right, he stinks anyway. <laughs> not a good person. No one's good in this game. Except Elizabeth. Elizabeth's good. Anyway, so we get to sleep. Why are we at Slate now? Is that to get the shock jockey? Yeah, shock jockey. Yes, get the shock okay. jockey to power the gondola. Yeah, power the gondola, go up to the thing. Now we are at the point Because you get where... the gondola, which I think gets you the airship. Yeah. Okay. And the airship is when he lies to her. Right. And that's when she starts to run away. And then you lose your airship and you're chasing after her. And that's how you end up. When you get back to your airship later, Daisy Fitzroy had taken it. Does she hit him with a wrench? Yes, she. she <laughs> so what, what happened? Yeah, she, and, and ironically, that is the wrench from Bioshock. Is it? Uh, yeah. Cool. I'm same, same, yeah, same wrench, same model. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and then she decides while you're unconscious for 
God, Booker can sleep for forever. You're <laughs> unconscious for like a good hour, and she just starts picking up people who need help, which, to be fair, is the right thing to do. Yes. Yes, and it, it falls in line with her character. She's not she's not murder lady, which also falls in line with the fact that she's not going to actually kill somebody, but you know she's not going to throw fireballs, even though she could in combat. You can say it falls in line. That's fine. Which is good, and I, you don't need you need that antithesis to Booker's murder murder te- capabilities. Someone who's going to be softer and is going to try to solve problems and fix things and help instead of just being, you know, a walking machine gun toting monster. So the <laughs> yeah, this is when you meet Daisy Fitzroy. Daisy basically says, "This is this timeline, Daisy." So she has no idea who you are. You want to help? Get us some guns. This is when you get to now hear uh, Booker say over and over. Gotta get the guns. Gotta oh, get it, the guns. It's annoying because this is Gotta, where you you go this is to where meet, you end up in a box. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. You you go to meet this gun guy, but he's been captured, and then you have to go through a whole bunch of killing people and going through things to find him. And then you find out that he's dead, and this is when you start to really see the portals happen, where she starts really ripping into it. You go to a different world, and you go to a world where he isn't dead to go and rescue him. So. So this is where I was going to get to, too, which is kind of a weird thing of you kind of have to really think about it. And it's really weird kind of uh, and it's one of the things where if you kind of gloss over it, it kind of you kind of won't get it. So basically, Elizabeth's powers are complete bullshit, which is fine because they're just supposed <laughs> to be. So yeah. what she's doing is she is opening a tear and then combining that world with the current world. There's supposed to be something that you can find that explains it. I don't know if it was cut from the game, but I do know it's in a trailer where she finds a dead horse. Yeah, and that is not in the game. Okay, she finds a dead horse, and she's like, oh, no, the horse. And Booker's like, Elizabeth, leave it. It's a horse. It's dead. And she's like, it's the only – it literally is the only horse in Columbia. And she's like, no, we got to help it, Booker. He's like, leave it. We're, you know, it's gone. It's done, whatever. And she she makes a tear around it and brings the horse back to life, but it's not the same horse. It's it's a like a it's like a black and white horse I think that she yeah it's like a back. white horse or something yeah yeah mm-hmm. and then it's one of the things where the the Lucette twins kind of explain it but they kind of explain it kind of poorly which is uh, dies dead will die and it's just this weird accumulation of when when Elizabeth fuses the worlds together it's kind of like how you know what's going on previously and in this universe since they're kind of keeping that knowledge. The person knows that they're dead and not. And it's kind of preluded to earlier whenever, which I'm surprised. Like, the, I say the twist is good. It's not the exact twist everyone thinks of, which is what it is. When you first meet Comstock, Booker's nose bleeds because right. to an extent, he knows who he is. Right. But that's why you have all the weird stuff of like, Booker, all these people that we just killed are alive and they're like, glitching out because you're technically going you're jumping in the universe but you're bringing the memories of that universe into this one okay okay, okay. i didn't catch that it's a very strange game okay i don't know if that was in the text um but that's that's interesting yeah okay i mean that that kind of makes sense for me it's just again the idea of that the infinite possibilities is that at some point someplace somewhere because you exist in all these infinite possibilities there's always a Booker. There's always a. There's always a Comstock. There's always, there's always a lighthouse. There's always a lighthouse. There's always uh, a, a um, what's your face. So if there's all these different infinite possibilities, then there's a there's an infinite probability that you that this is going to happen. Which again, why isn't this more common? Outside? Well, no. 
Yeah, well, see, that's what it is. Is there, there's always possibilities, but they exist outside of their reach. What she's doing is she's combining one universe with your current universe, and that's why it's happening. So the tear implies that you've you've created a bridge. The the tear impl- yeah the tear implies that you're combining two separate timelines into one. Okay, see that that doesn't see that's not what I got out of it. I got not that would make a little more sense. Now in this timeline, you've just screwed up this timeline. There's all these people now mm-hmm. who who are confused. You would just, it would apply to everyone would be confused because now there's two of you in this timeline, including you, because Booker and Elizabeth should exist in this timeline. So my problem I I, I don't remember that being in the text, and if it was, then I just missed it. I, what I remember Elizabeth saying was, oh, they actually, I don't even think she was clear on what it was. They don't know they're dead yet, I think was the line that she gave. They don't yes. know that they're they're dead something yet. Something like that, yeah. I thought it was they didn't know they died or something. Maybe, know. yeah. Regardless, it is it is what it is. And that's, again, it's fine. It's It may be minor, but again, it just goes to show how I think this time travel, or sorry, this time paradox and multiple dimension story it can be is pretty flawed, even though on the surface it's pretty cool. Yeah, I do like all that stuff. I think there's just big holes in it, and I think it's just the fact that there's infinite timelines causes a big problem with paradox, right? And Elizabeth and and Lutessas and all these people now have the ability to go forward and back in their own time for, timeline. If I'm not mistaken, they can go forward and back and across and forward. Like they can really go anywhere. They have full range to get to any timeline. As we when her powers unlock. She has the ability to see every timeline, if all, if every timeline in infinite space in any point of said timeline. Like, what do you got? Like a giant Rolodex? Up, <laughs> oh, there's one. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. They're, we'll, they're we'll about that. Bit. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty familiar with all this stuff because uh, the Drakengard series kind of goes into it a lot. Okay. That the that the time works like a crown of thorns. There's always one main timeline and multiple thorn branches, kind of thing. So. I kind of understand what's going on, and then also, okay. but it's also it's also poorly written as well. Because I completely agree with you. There, there's I feel like the whole reason why it's infinite, and the, and I feel like there's like a unopened book of like, oh, well, the reason why we made Bioshock Infinite is so that if we ever want to go back to the Bioshock series, we just say it's a different universe, right? And that that's where I believe like we've been having recent every year there's or every couple years there's a weird like. Oh, we're getting a new Bioshock, but it's gonna take place in in lava or or on the moon. <laughs> and I, I feel like that's where that's coming from. Is well, why can we have that? Oh, because Bioshock Infinite set it up. Yeah, it's kind of like what they're doing with the multiverse in the MCU. It's like they're opening themselves up for all these different things with with Loki. Nope, sorry if you haven't seen it. It they kind of like open themselves up for that sort of thing. That's fine. I actually dig. See, the thing you reference sounds well written. And well thought out because it's a book, <laughs> yeah. And not yeah, a, no. not a not a not a not a shoot a first person shooter made with evidently with no money and no people. So I, <laughs> <laughs> I guess he couldn't take fifteen years to make it. Um. So anyway, we'll we'll talk about that I think as we get to the lighthouses. But for now, we are with the Vox Populi. We are amongst horrible sadness and just feeling just empathy for them. Like I said before, Booker doesn't care. Get the guns. I can't look at this. Nothing to see here. Yeah. Oh, you're, you're, <laughs> dog, dog in a burning building. Yeah. You're, you're also introduced <laughs> to uh, the area bad guy, which is a uh, Fink, which is uh, you get the whole thing where he goes, you go down the elevator and there's a big clock of when you're supposed to work and sleep and eat. And the sleep one looks like it's barely like three hours. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, you're introduced to like his, his uh, assistant who he, you, when he find the box of phones, he's always yelling at him, you know, 
J. Jonah Jameson style, things like that. And get the really, what was it, the reason of stuff back then of like, you know, oh, I, you know, whenever, I don't pay you in money, I pay you in Fink coins. So when you go, come home, you can buy, you know, stuff from Fink products, which are top of the line products. Sure. And yeah, and you know, because I wouldn't want you poor people going out and getting robbed and then, you know, there goes your money. No, so if they rob you and you have feet coins, they're just going to throw it back at you. It's and I'll I'll let you cuz I feel like I've I've talked too much Mike, so I'll let you chime in in a second, but <laughs> That's okay. I I feel that kind of theming is actually as close as you get to commenting on the racism as to why they do it. Cuz also Comstock refers to and I I'm not going to I'm just not going to say the words, but he refers to people of color and the Irish and and these disenfranchised people. He likens them to like animals and he likens them to people that need to be taken care of. They can't take care of themselves. We need to take care of them. Their life is much better if we just take care of it. And this establishes that theme. I do think it's terrifying and it's a very good idea. Not Jesus. Okay. It's not a good (laughs) idea. It's not a good idea. But as far as like a, plot point as far as a plot point in the game like this the everyone bidding for how fast they can do a job okay i need you to run this thing up these ladders or starting the bid at 15 minutes 14 minutes we can do it in 12 and you know this poor person if they don't get it done in seven minutes they're gonna die it's so (laughs) scary but it's a very again a good idea for a plot point you know for a setting obviously horrible horrible human beings and Fink is such a terrible villain he stinks he's so one noted <laughs> he's just evil mcevil man like <laughs> literally yeah, looks like literally looks like an evil mcevil man from a early 1900s cartoon tying a woman to a train tracks <laughs> <laughs> the top there, hat and everything there's also i think it's funny i think i think you know what you're talking about there's a doll there's a vox phone which talks about how uh how comstock's like oh yeah we need to help these people because there's too stupid to do to know what to right. do with their lives and then you also have a really weird like one from fink too where he's like i don't care what uh what comstock says but using people of color and immigration to make easy money is the best idea i've ever had and it's like oh my god dude, <laughs> so like, just super villain like so one noted villainous and all the, <laughs> all the one noted at least andrew ryan who let's be honest he was one noted too but at least he had a there was a morality behind it. Like there was a moral compass that he was following. Although it was shitty, it was still a moral compass. This is just not this goes beyond that, like beyond politics and beyond industrialization and beyond American exceptionalism. This is like core shitty person beliefs. And I understand that was rife within our society and still is, of course. But man, I don't know. I don't know. Not here. It ain't working. It ain't working. <laughs> Mike, what did you? What did you, I'm gonna let Mike chime in because again, I feel like I've been blabbering. That's okay. This is what happens. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like oh no, you're, I'm sorry. No, this is your big episode. We've been waiting on for God years, so it's <laughs> fine. Uh, no, there. Like, when it came to, like the stuff with Fink, there's a comment where he makes. I really hate this, and I've said this before in episodes where he's like, "If you're not if you're not moving, you need to, you know like." Every minute you should that you're working for the company, you need to be doing for the company. Like you know, if you sit still, if you you know, not allowed. Like just that that type of mentality, and he like, he's really taking advantage of his people. Like I always hate that in things now because it's unnecessary. I think I think the line is, "Do the bees take a vacation?" It's like, yeah, we're not that, bees, yeah. you monster. It, oh yeah, it, I forgot he does say that. <laughs> Yeah, where he's just like, don't stop working. Nothing else matters but working for me to make me more money. I don't. Who gives a shit about you? And, and work just, is, yeah, work is its its own best reward. 
and he's just such a he's just a, such a horrible person. And I, I don't remember if you even get to kill him or not. If you even get to him, I can't remember. <laughs> no, uh, doesn't doesn't Daisy get to him first? Oh yeah, Daisy kills him, and then you, yeah. and then Daisy's gonna kill his son, and then it's Elizabeth shoots Daisy in the head. No, no she stabs her. Oh, yeah. she stabs her. Okay, never mind. So just, we. Yeah, no, we we get we get well real quick. It doesn't really matter anyways. We get through the whole like universe jumps and you you save Su Chong. Also, if if I hear Su Chong one more time, I'm gonna rip my eardrums out because they say his name so many times in that damn game. Is it Su Chong? Yeah, it's Su- Su- no, Su Chong isn't from the regular Bioshock. I think it's like oh, is it not Su Chong? Is it? I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> it's fine. Doesn't matter. I think that I think I do hear something about Su Chong in that game, but I'm probably thinking of two because we played two recently. But yeah. Yeah, oh, they, right. yeah, they they do the gun thing, and uh, they do the gun thing. They jump universes, and then you also have the really you go to Shanty Town, which is atrocious, and you know you do the bad thing of where you go behind the counter to grab the the health upgrade, and then you end up having to shoot people, and you're a bad person for doing that. There's the weird thing of splitting open a tear to feed people because they're beating up of which in itself is bad. Of like, I should you know what people really need a vending machine. People don't have money, Fink. <laughs> yeah, but I'm going to put it down there anyways. And they're beating it up. <laughs> and then, I don't remember what you do down in Shantytown, but something else happens where I think you need to get his tools or something. And you, you jump universes for a third time. Uh, Booker's a hero for the Vox Populi. He ends up becoming the big poster boy. And they want to kill you later on because you're not supposed to be there. So you're like, you're not, you're like, you're not good as a martyr if you're alive. Yeah, that, that, that's the actual line. And it's really, really fucked up. Hmm. Yeah, and so you go to yeah, you end up jumping another universe two times, I think, and then you're you're the martyr. And actually, what's even funnier is you think Booker is a better person. This you find a voxophone of Booker, and it's like he's like, I don't really care about helping the Vox. I'm just doing this just so I can you know help Slate with something that he needs to do. I don't remember what it was. Yeah, but, right. Exactly. You're thinking, oh, he's a hero. Maybe here, this is a character growth. He can see who he is. No, nope, no, nope, still a dick. Nope, still, shit. still shitty and then yeah daisy ends up making everyone kill you because uh they need a martyr and you can't exist and which in itself is probably would have worked well as her just being a bad guy but then you have the weird thing where you go you, you go to her and she's like she kills fink and she's like oh you know you can't you can't have you, you if you you can't kill the tree without getting rid of the roots or something like that. So it's right. basically implying, and it's it's one of the things where I get it. You can't kill kids, and but it's also one of the things of you also can't be like, well, you know, I think Booker says it. You can't you can't have a you can't be a good person without doing stuff. But it's also like, no, Booker, people were being racist. These people <laughs> kind of get the right to kind of be assholes just for a while, right? I, yeah. Yeah, and it is a weird thing of like where I guess yeah, Booker does take a stop at killing kids too, but yeah, that that's where like where we live to now. Okay, well, I'm trying to think some of the stuff. So yeah, because you do a lot of running around. And I think this is when you start. This is I think on the I, once you get done with all Thinkton and you do all the gunsmith shop. I think that's the part. Then you're trying to head to uh, Comstock House, but to get there, you have to go well, through all the the stuff with the ghost. Yeah, one second. I I do want to go back to Daisy Fitzroy okay. real quick. Yeah, very quickly. No, it won't be quickly. It's me. I just I blabber on. Mike, you can you can always we have Skype here. You can always just say wrap it up, Bill, on Skype, and I will wrap it up fast. Like I'm trust there. me, I'm well aware I'm the blabber mouth. I know we're at two and a half hours. Daisy Fitzroy, <laughs> I I understand what you're saying, Joe, and I, I appreciate the fact that you're saying that obviously he couldn't kill a you can't kill a kid in a game. I always say in fiction you can't kill a dog and you can't kill a kid. Like those oh, are yeah. two things. 
it's you better have a damn good reason for both, like a really good reason. And there is no reason. I don't love how a Daisy immediately her solution again, freaking out, right? You died. All of a sudden, there you are again, perfectly alive. Like I totally get freak out moment. I don't know why her solution is to sick her entire army on you. That makes no sense other than the game needs you to shoot things. We haven't had shooting yet in a while, so let's go shoot things. So now we're going to shoot abolitionists. That's what we're going to do now as the player. I get to shoot people who've been oppressed and trying to get their freedom back from these horrible people. Like, Columbia needs to burn. So that's what we're going to do now in this game. Great. Thanks, well, game. My, well, no, Mike says it. They, they, she basically filed, says, like, you can't be alive. I need a martyr. So that's why she sticks everyone on you. Okay. All right. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Okay. Okay. That's fair. That might be a, a plot point that I missed. But it's fine. still stupid. <clears throat> it's well, stupid, though. It is stupid. Yeah. I don't see why you had to make Dizzy Fitzroy a bad person. Just make her the leader of the rebellion. It's tough, strong, determined. She's the leader of the rebellion. Cool. Why does she have to be a bad person? Why does she have to threaten the life of a child? Why does she have to stick all her murder armies at you? Again, that's explaining the game fine. The only reason you're doing this is this for this ridiculous, senseless, stupid 15-year-old boy writing nine-inch nail slogans on the back of his notebook in in math class. Just be the bad guys would be just the good guys would be just as bad if they had the same experience. Two sides of every coin. No, 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 no. That's not how it works. Like, that's not, you don't get to say that. You don't game. Game. You don't get to say that. No, I actually yelled at the screen. No, bad game. Bad. And you could have easily switched it around and just have it to where, like, literally all you had to do was, like, Daisy ends up dying from probably Fink, and then Fink frames you for her murder. And then Elizabeth, yeah, and then Elizabeth kills Fink, and that's her big moment of like killing someone for the first time. And then the whole reason why the army's after you for the rest of the game is like, no, please listen to me. I didn't kill Daisy. Fink did. It's like, no, we don't believe you. And then they're just after you. Yeah, fine, perfect. That okay. Yeah, but I I also don't believe in the whole. Oh, you're you're killing people. You're just as bad as the bad guys. Rebellions, like no, that's what war is, dude. Like yeah. that's what happens. And even if you have even if you have a strong, strong conviction, like no, violence is never the answer, right? Strong conviction. Sometimes you have to put yourself in the shoes of the people who are involved. There's no other option for these people. Either be oppressed or kill people. Like that's it. That's it. And when you're wandering through Colombia, like as people are dying, the Colombian people are trying to get on the ships, right, and leave. Are you supposed to feel sympathy for them? I don't. Murder them all. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's really They're all baseball-throwing <laughs> assholes. Like, they all deserve to go. Like, I'm <laughs> sorry. I don't care if you were born in this society. There are certain things that are inherently wrong in the human heart. One of those is throwing baseballs at people and murder them. I can't so- believe you let the Joker live, says Jason Todd to Batman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the end of – that's the last I'll say on it. I'm sorry, Mike. I just uh, – yeah. All right, sorry, so – we need to get moving on this. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Someone has to edit this later. <laughs> One of the things I do want to mention, though, as the game progresses, you have a scene where Elizabeth gets like runs away from you and gets captured by Comstock. I think it was. Yeah, but the huh. what? What is it? We get to the whole, which is also the other explanation for it too. You have to go into Comstock house to to get to where you're going to, I get to get his airship now. Cause the whole, yes. every, every plot point is, is you have to go get an airship. You act, and then you go try to steal lady Comstock's hand. Oh um, yeah. That's what I forgot. I was right. going to, oh. and then we, we kind of get over it. We 
skimped a little bit over it too, which I actually read because I, I went to the Wikipedia to understand more of the story, which is also why I now understand the story more. Daisy Fitzroy was framed for Lady Comstock's murder. She was actually her, uh, like her uh, butler, but a wait- waitress or whatever. She, uh, Daisy was Lady Comstock's servant, and yes. they framed her for the murder. Right. Because uh, Comstock killed her because he needed her to be dead because she was going to say how Elizabeth wasn't her child. Right. right. Yeah. And then you end up, which apparently was a cut enemy, and they still put it in the game, but they couldn't figure out how to do the AI. Lady Comstock gets turned to a siren, where, which is where Elizabeth's powers get explained a little bit more, where her tears aren't only other universes. It's kind of her willing stuff into existing as well, stuff that she wants, because she kind of makes, she brings, Comstock wants Lady Comstock alive. But then Elizabeth also remembers her, thinks of her of being an awful person. So she makes this weird amalgamation of Lady Comstock and a ghost and an evil person. Yeah, it's like the combination of her emotions and Lady Comstock's emotions. And you know what the best way to, to write yourself out of plot holes? Just give your one of your main characters ability to do everything. Just remove <laughs> just remove all the rules from the story. That's, that's I mean, the easiest that, way to do that. that uh, yeah. I did not I, like the ghost I, part. Oh, Down the, the parts for the ghost. I had a really hard time finding the rips because I didn't know about hitting that button to show me an arrow. And I just got lost for a while. And I had you can get lost in this pretty easy. Yeah, you really can. Even with the arrow, it's a little twisty turning. It's the first time in the game that you've actually have real agency of which direction you walk in. And I will say that very quickly, without going into detail, Lady Comstock is one of the top 10 worst bosses in video game history. <laughs> worst freaking boss. You get to fight her three times because once is not enough. She sends constant stream of, of enemies to, to, to harm you. She's a very relatively short window to, to take to, uh, to, to attack. She's tanky as fuck. She takes a thousand shots. It's boring and it's annoying and it's repetitive and it's terrible. You know, you know what sucks? You know what really saves that boss fight? Or that saves that boss fight because that is a bad boss fight. I agree with you. But you know what really <laughs> helps out in that boss fight? The overkill when you kill an enemy because whenever she's have stumped, it yet. Yeah, whenever she's some. Whenever she's summoning enemies, I just kill one, and then all the ones, the other ones that she's summoning all get hurt, and they all just die instantly. Because they all kind of swarm <laughs> around her at the beginning. Oh, that would have been great. Oh, that would have been beautiful. <laughs> Man, I did not have that, so I ended up just shooting all of them because they kept murdering me. Yeah. So anyway, that sucks when we go into stupid Comstock house. Oh, yeah, but you're right. I, 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 oh, we all... Yeah. Well, yeah, there, there's a little bit of story here, too, that I'll get into, because Comstock house isn't really that important anyways. Um, You end up getting to the Lutesses, where they end up explaining how she brought her brother in from another universe. And then you get the whole thing of, well, uh, Lady Comstock of you, you got knocked up by my husband because we is a really weird like uh, voxophone you can find where it's like, I do what a man does, Lady uh, Miss Lucette. I can't get her pregnant. And it's like, yeah. huh, that's that's weird. And then, uh-huh. you re- yeah, you reveal <laughs> that he is a uh, sterile, which I will save for the big finale of this game because it's actually really interesting. Uh, yes. He's he's sterile. And he can't have kids. So that's where they get the, you know, trying to figure out where. I don't even think they do say that. They're like, wait, if Elizabeth isn't his kid, then where'd he come from? Where'd she come from? It's like, well, we'll worry about that later. Right. And right. Uh, you have you have the whole forgiving to Lady Comstock. And a, a decent moment, I think, for Elizabeth's character, too, because it kind of does explain her powers a little bit well. And then she just fucking Ghostbusters herself through the entrance of Comstock House. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Pretty good. Breaks open the yeah, breaks open the gate and the way she goes. Is it I, Comstock yeah. House? Or where is it where you see where Elizabeth is just taken from you start getting tortured? Yeah, that's when you're walking up there. We're, okay, we're getting that, there now, yeah. 
is a good like it's a good fucked up scene where you lose her and then you see her being tortured somewhere. But I think it's oh before you find her being tortured, you end up go you end up going through a sneaking part that was really annoying. I didn't sneak at and ran out of ammo and I was like, this I don't like this. It's 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 one of the worst action scenes in this game. It's bad. It's, it's, it's the worst. It's really bad. And then after that, you have you have a scene where I like where you find old Elizabeth from the future who ends up showing you what's going to happen if she's not saved, where she's sending these airships to destroy New York. I well, did like that. Mike, if, if if you need help editing this, please let me know. Are I have good? editing <laughs> software. Like, I'll just cut the just cut the file in half and send it to me. I'll help you help you. Oh, right. I need to go back to Comstock House. It's, it's fine. And talk about how stupid those hornhead creatures are. So they introduce a a mechanic where it's the idea to be a sneaking mechanic, right? You have all these little kids with with George Washington masks on, of course. <laughs> and the ob- the idea is that this guy who's called the Boys of Silence, I think that's the name of the character, the Boy of Silence. And they have these horns in their head, and the idea is that they see you, like, it's basically a turret section, essentially. If the turret sees you, or the spotlight sees you, it screams and awakens all of these, these creatures. These creatures are pretty tough to kill, they take a lot of shots, and they don't drop ammo. Not one of them drops anything. There's no ammo drops. Nothing. So now in a game where you've had nothing but, but plenty in ammo, you're now scarce. You have ammo's very scarce now. You can't kill these things with it. You use your plasmids, but there's, not a lot, there's no places for salts. Once in a while, you'll find like a weapon somewhere. This is the game trying to give you some to force you to play with your tools. It doesn't work. The idea is that if you sneak up on the boy of silence, you should be able to take him out and not wake up the per people. Did anybody do this successfully? Wait, you can do that? Evidently, because I did it when I played it on PlayStation 3 freaking nine years ago. I could not do it this time around. I had to fight every single George watching the face. It sucks so fucking bad. I just shot him and started to fight. I, yeah. You, you, the Because what's the point of sneaking around them if you... It, what's the point of sneaking around them? I'm pretty confident. I'm pretty sure. Maybe I'm wrong. Because I got behind him. I'm waiting for hit E to stab in the head. You know, like you would in the game like that. That way the guy dies and, you, and everyone maybe disappears. I'm pretty confident you could do that. When I played it nine years ago, I could not figure it out. And I had to fight every single one of those idiots. And I, I was, it's just, oh my God, what a slog. What a horrible, horrible slog. Terrible. Terrible. It's really bad. And it's annoying not having Elizabeth with you, too. What's that? It's annoying when you don't have her with you. It's hard, right? Because you're so used to her just feeding you stuff, right? And now you yeah. have to, you're on your own. I don't mind that sense of privation. That's okay. But um, just the, that, that mechanic is bad. And evidently, that's another character that was supposed to be way cool that ended up being and i can't i can't remember the the story i tried to look for it, i couldn't find it oh. but evidently that was supposed to be something else but they had to pare it down because they couldn't do it and they basically just pared it down to a lighthouse turret and yeah i i found it, it they're supposed to be boys who were born deaf and they basically want to give them some service around in columbia but it's kind of funny because like i guess they tie it out because it's like columbia helping uh handicapped people right yeah but they were supposed to actually be around it was which I, i'm kind of glad they cut there were supposed to be more of them in columbia and if you if they caught you they would sound the alarm and people would be attracted to you right i'm glad yeah. that was cut yeah i'm glad that's cut too but it's uh, this section is just to plop them into this section to make it like stealthy like you were saying where the game is not designed for it the mechanics are not designed for it and i could not i could sworn i could have turned them off and i did not so maybe the object is that just go around i guess yes, I, I did maybe, sneak around one of them once or- okay and then and you, you can sneak like, around. And sneak around. So maybe that's what. Maybe that was my mistake. But oof, 
Ufa, Ufa, bad. You shoot them in the head, they alert everybody immediately. Yeah, you can't, you can't kill them, right? So you go through and you find. Um, where were you saying, Mike? You go through and I think that's the point where you get that really stunning, scary. And it's a great scene. It really is a great scene. And you see her being tortured too, and you hear her screaming. And he's like, and at one point, he's like, I just got when you when you meet the older Lisa, but he's like, I was only gone half an hour, and she's like, You were gone years. Yeah. <laughs> He's gone like, like 50 years. Yeah, he didn't. He never got back to her because time is different. Here's my question then. And this is this is honestly just a question. Of course, it's a question. I'm going to say it. What how did he get into the other timeline? Because so he when you go into that Comstock house, you cross this giant bridge, right? It's all foggy, right? And you cross into the this house. And that's when you're going through and you're hearing the tears from the dimension you were just in captured. You got this, the scientist is going to work on her that we don't know who it is. And then you get to that cavern where it's all icy, right? And it's that's where old Lady Comstock or old um, Elizabeth is there. How do we get into that alternate dimension? She just okay. grabs you. She's yeah. standing up there. She sees you and she pulls you up. And no, shows no, 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 no. I'm saying, but you were in that dimension before. Like that's the dimension you've been traversing to get to that point because you hear, I would say, old I think dimension just the Elizabeth. Of maybe her being tortured. How'd you get there? I didn't pass through a tear. Can I, I pass nothing. through tears? I can't open tears. I'm not Elizabeth. You wouldn't really know. I think you go through a little bit of fog. So that's probably when but you're going to go jump. Yeah. <laughs> so I, w- I went through time fog, evidently. That's the only thing I could think of was, I guess I went through the time fog. Well, I think, I think older Elizabeth tells you, like, she she grabbed you. She pulled you through to, to the future. Because I guess whenever you, I, I'm assuming what it is, is whenever in the past Booker goes through Comstock house, if it's too new, he dies in any sequence of him going through that house. So the only way for him to get through it is by pulling him into the future and then putting him at the top. Oh yeah. Cause she talks about you made like 30 attempts or 40 attempts at this and you always die. Did she yeah. say that? Okay. Yeah, there's a, there's a word. There's something about that. So she's pulling you, I guess from different dimensions, like, yeah, uh, to like help slices of bread from a bread basket. Like, Oh, this one didn't work. <laughs> or picking lemons from the, <laughs> <laughs> from the supermarket they're all grody well oh, man these lemons and are then grody. you it's just it's just cool scene to see what she can become and then she gives him the note or it's gives cool. the note to you to give to elizabeth yes that will then teach that will she's like she'll understand which she doesn't at first of course but this is what helps her i find out about songbird later on i also think it's really really like messed up and really cool too where she's like the toward the what really made her into that person wasn't torture or like apparently she also gets lobotomized too probably mm-hmm. none of that actually had any effect on her what really turned her into what she was is just waiting for him to show up yeah it's it's powerful <laughs> it's a powerful moment i'm not gonna dunk on it too much i was just curious how it happened that's what I, my brain went yeah no it is a powerful moment it's 1984 new york just getting destroyed by these blimps and she has this look on her face that's just resignment like you didn't show up and it's sad it's it's very sad and very powerful i will definitely admit it's a cool it's a cool scene i still like all the time rip stuff and i i and then it's shortly after this you rescue her and then you finally get to comstock who's just sitting there next to a basin of water wanting to baptize you so, for some reason okay no so fun fact this they had to add this to this game because adam levine had this whole setup where uh comstock was just supposed to be in like an insane man by the end of the game one of the people that was working on the game was a heavily devout Christian. And she's like, I'm going to walk. I'm going to leave and like probably have some HR stuff to do if you don't at least change it to where he has some kind of redemption. And they worked that in there for her because the whole point of the game is he is a crazed religious man who uses Christianity to, you know, make people into zealots. That's, 
real if you ask me but hey yeah that's that's my answer to that too would be if you're if you're a christian i'm so i identify as a christian as well and i find no problem with shoving that guy's face into the water it's perfectly good with me he Mm -hmm. he totally deserves it so i mean that's just i mean that's just (laughs) i i mean i I respect her for her convictions but i i would argue like don't you want that guy to go because he's got to yeah he's a terrible person gotta go he hasn't he doesn't need a redemptive arc. He hasn't earned it. And any redemptive arc would have been unearned and, and very strange. So as much as I'm not, I mean, I, again, you don't have any choice. You just shove him in the face and it's like, fine, that's perfectly, perfectly acceptable. But not before he kind of teases the big hint that you know, the big hint you are, uh, that you are, you, you are him, him are you. I think that's basically where that, that articulates. Yeah. Yeah. In different, this is kind of what we talk about in different worlds. Because then it kind of talks about the baptism where Booker was supposed to go to this baptism, but he and they were going to baptize him in a river after what he went through, a wounded knee, and he decided not to do it. And it's and the idea is that in a different world, he did do it. And then he became a religious zealot. That was the idea. Yeah. Religion can be an extremely powerful weapon. Well, it's also Mm -hmm. there. There's a really good. uh, What is it called? Uh, Denzel Washington movie about that, where he's carrying around a Bible and this dude who like Eli. Book of Eli, yeah. That's like, a good movie. That's a great movie. And it basically proves how, like, yeah, this guy's like, I need a copy of the I need that copy of the Bible. And his henchmen are like, why? He's like, because religion makes things so much easier to, to manipulate people. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 scary. True. And again, this is coming from somebody who, you know, yeah, I'm a I you know I again I identify as a Christian, and I will still wholeheartedly admit that it is it's a very easy way to manipulate and to um get what you want. It's scary. Well, it's really scary. Had, uh, what happened a few years ago in our country about four years ago? Yeah. Uh, so, that, I mean, that was religion involved a lot for a guy that was not religious at all, <laughs> but they jumped on board with him. Sure did. Sure did. So yeah, it's not that it happens. Oh, I, I did when I know when I first played this game, I really liked the idea that you are Booker and you are Comstock are the same person. I mean, at first I was like, okay, that is cool. Now I'm just like, eh. Eh. <laughs> it's fine. It's, it's okay. I mean, it fits with the. It's it's fine. It's better than some of stuff. And this is also where you find out more about how the connection of him, where the whole idea of bring the girl, wipe away your debt. At some point, he was broken not doing well and he was going to sell his daughter to some guy which is Comstock because Comstock needed a a version of the daughter of his daughter since he was sterile in this universe and that's and then that's and also kind of because throughout the game you find out Elizabeth is missing part of her finger but you never know why and it shows you that what happens is that he when they pulled her through this portal part of her pinky got cut off and that's why you know she ended up getting this ability to open up portals when they were stealing her I, I never really understood why Comstock is older, and I had to actually go up and look at it. I looked up the Wikipedia, and I guess there's some stuff you can miss throughout the game or something. I really don't know. But apparently uh, him him slamming his face into tears to see the future gave him cancer, made him look older, and also made him sterile. Yes, and made him indistinguishable to the player that's actually you because you Even have the copy of the box next to you and you can totally compare. You're right. This is exactly right. He with with all the experiments they were doing and it made him sterile and he he cannot yeah, he ages a lot faster. It accelerated his aging and and did that stuff. So, yeah. They 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 kind of say it, yeah. Yeah, but that also should also be super obvious whenever you first meet Comstock and he's like, "Hello, Booker. Why are you running around killing people?" and you get a nosebleed and you're like, "That's weird." 
Like, yep. yeah, but <laughs> that's not what actually um, ends up being my favorite twist. My favorite twist that ends up being is whenever you destroy the destroy the statue and the whole like infinite possibility things. And all that. That's my actually where I think the game completely goes off its rocker, but I think in a good way. Like, I actually like all that stuff. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about it soon, soonish. I'm sure it's been three hours, but I mean, it's uh, <laughs> we'll we'll talk about it. It's extremely impressive and effective, but I think it's very thin. And it's basically what I've been saying all along: is this whole idea of infinite infinite timelines. We'll talk about it. But anyway, I do think this is good when they shove his face into a baptismal font and 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 drown him. That's excellent. Very good. Yes, he deserves it. Just deserves be aware too, if you are listening to this and concerned about the about the racist stuff, it's gone, all gone. No one talks about it anymore. We just, it's been gone. Don't worry about it. It's all we all forget about it. It's it's no big deal. It wasn't a major plot point for two thirds of this game. That's <laughs> no, fine. We're done. A third. Now we're on other stuff. So, now we're on world changing and yeah. I don't know. Which it's is just, fun. We're on fun fun timeline and I know when I was younger, I really liked the idea that Elizabeth was your daughter and it's a different world and you tricked yourself to say you know wipe away the debt, get the girl to you know to justify what you're doing or something like that because he forgot and he's confused like i liked all that more when i was younger than i do now but it's still fine i and then you have a big gauntlet section on an airship where you just fight tons and tons of guys which is it's i don't like it but i mean i'm okay with bioshock games as having a finding a bunch of enemies as your ending i'm i'm okay with that i am too yeah i am too i prefer that to a bad boss if only at this point i was so fatigued with the combat even though i was on twitch and having fun with with people I was I was just very fatigued. I'm like I just want this to be over. Um, it's <laughs> also we. Oh dang! I had something in my head that went away. That's neat in the game. Never mind then. Move on. Oh, oh uh, no! I know what it is. It's a uh, songbird. You get songbird now. Well, songbird is at the end. So this is so we'll just go through the whole thing. Um, you get on the airship and you fight more people and you get to the top. Then the Vox, of course, attack the airship because they're still fighting against Columbia. This is where you get to, like you said, pilot a songbird. Before this, you get that 0451 thing. That stinks. You're a liar. It's not an 0451, you evil person. And then we get to this part where you control songbird. I I like this fine. This is perfectly fine. I wish you had a little more agency in it. I wish it just wasn't like hold E to activate songbird. The visuals of him just tearing into a blimp is awesome. Like so cool. I will admit that. <laughs> basically, basically it becomes a tower defense. You know, like we're basically defending the four glowy orbs on the spaceship. Uh, on the airship from the Patriots destroying it. How many times do you guys have to run through this? Did anyone like die or feel like they had uh, to kind of go through it again? I had to run through it once. I kind of thought I was going to have to again. Cause there's, there's uh the one thing I didn't like about having to control songbird. And it's really weird because there's a good instant of being used in the bad one, which is funny because uh, Bioshock two has it to where you can also control, you know, your, your daughter, which was in essence a plasmid. Yeah, which was done much better because Songbird has this weird timer, and depending on what he attacks depends on how long the timer takes. Yeah, so you can have him slam into the ground or attack the the there's the airship and then the blimps or the right. the gondolas or whatever the hell they're called. And I didn't really have any issues. The only relationship I had is where it's like I'm like, oh, the hell's going down. Where where are they? Yeah, it was more of yeah, you're right. It kind of felt like it felt a little artificial. Like I had it, the game was trying to give me artificial control of this of Songbird when I really didn't have to. It was very scripted, like you said yeah. exactly. The cooldown was dependent on how long it took him to do the thing, but it was a it was effective. I it, it was effective because because he's such a cool character and watching him rend rip things into shreds is extraordinarily cool and fun. Uh, but again, this boss fight is very tedious. You fight like ten or twelve Patriots 
that were never fun to begin with. Luckily, it was way too much. And at the time, I was confused by the Patriots. But that you guys made a good point about why the Vox would have some of their own. So makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. And then this after this is kind of the end of the game where you end up, which I like this scene, even though it doesn't. Uh, One second. I'm sorry. I'm very, very sorry to cut you off. Mike, there's one last thing. Sure. When you're in Comstock house and you've, you've, I think you've removed all the different plugs from, from her and she brings in a tornado because <laughs> she's now unsiphoned to like sweep everybody away, which is again, so cool. It reminds me how cool this would have been if you could do things like that in action in game. Did anyone lose their mind when you got jump scared by the giant boy of silence when you turn around? <laughs> I did. I know I did. I know there's also a point where he jump scares you again, but I, don't, I think I'm, I'm probably thinking of burial at sea. You, oh, you might be. Um, I don't remember a burial at sea jump scare, but there is one here where you turn around from that console. Very yeah. effective. I kind of kind of pooped myself a little bit there, but it was very effective. Yeah, I have never played burial at sea. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait for you to play it because a, re- a lot of the reason a lot of people only like Bioshock Infinite is because of Burial at Sea. And yeah. Burial at Sea, yeah, retcons a lot of stuff and makes the game, makes this game story just a little bit better. Okay. Yeah, I don't remember the story of it, but I do remember it, it, it fixes a lot of the things that people like me complain about. But anyway, ending. Yeah. You're sorry. Go ahead, uh, Mike. You were talking about the ending. So what I want to talk about is like you end up so with Songbird, and they got to get rid of Songbird because after you're done with the song. You play the song, and, she's atta- and it's attacking everything for you. She opens a portal and brings it underwater to Rapture, and you just watch Somberg die. And she's like, I'm so sorry. And it so was a powerful sad. scene. Yeah. yeah. And you're in Rapture. I don't know why you're in Rapture, but okay. You know, I mean, that didn't bother me. I'm like, this is cool. And, you, and you're in Rapture before the fall of Rapture. So that was also cool to see. And then it's a it's a it's a small scene, but it isn't you you see it and then you get into a bath of fear and then you go up to the surface and the bath of fear ends up you end up at a lighthouse. And this is when things start getting really confusing. Yeah. Where I, you end up seeing all these different lighthouses and she talks about how there's infinite universes, infinite again, and that in you know, in some of them you become Comstock, some of them you don't, but there's always a lighthouse and there's always you. Well the the idea is supposed to be like I said, I feel like this would have been better. If they had made a, maybe this was Bioshock Infinite was a sequel to a game where you also have tears. But I feel like the whole reason why a lot of this is happening is they're basically setting up like a, oh, we can we can still keep doing Bioshock games because there's always a man, there's always a lighthouse, and there's always uh, there's always Big Daddies, there's always a songbird, things like that. Like, you can still have a Bioshock game, it just needs to have these core elements. Except for some of the stuff they do in this game, because a lot of the stuff in this game is not Bioshock. <laughs> No. Yeah, and that's why I, I've stated at the beginning this is a terrible Bioshock game. It's going to Rapture is such a a, a thing for the fans. That's such a fan yeah. thing. Like, hey, everybody, you're back in Rapture. I got giggly. Like, oh, I wish I wish I was here for the last twenty hours. Not where I was, <laughs> but okay. Somber dying is very sad. Or like his eye cracks and he dies, and that's so. It's extremely sad and powerful. Um, it is a powerful moment. <sighs> Again, like I like I've stated before, the problem with this is. It's just this idea of infinite universes. And you're right. You're right, Joe. They wobbly wanted to. I was, I can't remember if it was an article or a podcast or something, but the author slash host said, wouldn't it be great if Bioshock were just a series of disconnected anthologies about different types of moralities, different um, dictators tile characters, and you having to take them on in different areas? It doesn't even have to be a rapture, right? But make it like an anthology where nothing has to doesn't have to connect. We don't need everything to connect to Rapture. If you want to live it, and actually Ben Ken Levine 
And by the way, Joe, earlier you see call him Adam Levine. Yeah. Um, that's a that's the lead singer of Maroon Five, sir. Yeah, and I think we <laughs> mentioned that before too. I could I've I've been doing that for months now. I've been doing the exact same thing. Like, uh, oh, dang, Ken Levine. That's fine. I'm just teasing. <laughs> I don't. I I could see this, but having all of these multiple timelines, these infinite timelines, makes it very confusing. Because, like you said, Mike, there's always a there's always a Booker, there's always a Elizabeth, there's always a Comstock. And if in these infinite timelines, you're one or the other, right, you either take the baptism after wounded knee or you don't, and your timeline always states that you will do one of two things. Like, what if you take the baptism and then you meet a preacher guy 10 days later who actually does, you know, convert you to Christianity or helps you, you know, become a better person? Like, it implies that there's only two paths in this world of infinite paths. And if you posit that, okay, there's infinite paths, where I have one of two options, which again goes against that idea of infinite paths, how am I ever going to stop Comstock? Because if there's an infinite amount of paths, will an infinite amount of Elizabeths go after an infinite amount of paths and all of them are going to succeed at the same time? Like at the very end, when you get dunked in the water, there's like about 20 of them. Like they're not all going to go there. And are all those Elizabeths, do they all have the ability to do these tears? Have they, they all been freed, have they all been freed by the siphon? You see what's happening here? It's the the house of cards is falling. The cool lighthouses are very cool. Well, that's why the game ends. Important you had a chance to think about it. But when you actually like think about it, for me at least, and again, I could be wrong, and I don't want to steal people's joy who love this ending because it is extremely powerful and very well done. This is a very well crafted ending. I love the I love the fact that she can do this stuff because she lost her pinky. That is really cool. She exists <laughs> in two worlds. I love that's cool. I'm here for that. Very good. Not all the Elizabeths did that. They all don't have thimble thumbs. So we that's where my mind is going with this because I want to really understand this because it is on its surface very cool. But man alive, I've, under my microscope, even my, you know, under, my, under my magnifying glass, I'm just not seeing it. I'm just not. <laughs> I, I, and now it's my turn to hop into the ring for this. I actually nope. completely love this. I, it makes sense because basically what it is is the way, the way I take it is Booker technically only has two paths. He either goes to the he either goes to the uh, he either goes to the the baptism and becomes Comstock or he doesn't. So what Elizabeth is doing here with to an extent cuz you see other Elizabeths and the way I, I see it is is yeah there's always these Elizabeths are all ones technically who did figure out how to use their siphon powers. Even funnier enough, one of the Elizabeths that grabs you is from the beta, which means to an extent yeah. the beta exists in canon. That's funny. And there is a Elizabeth that's dressed in all white, which I'm going to assume off the top of my head is the Elizabeth that comes the perfect Elizabeth that Comstock has. So basically what with the whole point of killing Booker at the baptism is cutting off one of his two main choices that he has. That is to say, for an example, all right, Joe, you're going to walk into this restaurant. You're either going to buy the hot dog or buy the hamburger. If you buy the hamburger, you will become a Nazi super leader. So <laughs> So how do you end up keeping that from happening? Simple. You kill Booker at his baptism or you put poison in that hamburger. So you completely cut off that branch to where any instance that which Booker goes to the baptism to become Comstock, he drowns during the baptism. See, but I there's a couple of things I would I would disagree on. I would say that if there's only two options for Booker, that implies predestination. That implies mm-hmm. that you that you do not have full agency over your life. You know, he could have not gone to the windy knee. Booker in timeline 85,278, he could have become a physicist 
or he might have been a school teacher, right? He that implies that Booker, even though he exists in all the timelines, what it's saying is that you your life is predestined up to a certain point in which you have choices, which also implies that you do not have full agency over your life, but that's not what this game is positing. It's saying that if there's only two options, and if who's to say that killing Booker in this timeline, because right, we have to be in a timeline, right? Mm-hmm. You made a great point about how maybe it's one main timeline and lots of branches, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like what they're doing in the multiverse in the MCU. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Okay, that's I can dig that. If you kill somebody in the in the main center centrist timeline, it removes that option for everybody else. That's cool. That's not what this game is saying. This game in this timeline, it's explicitly said this is one of an infinite amount of timelines. It doesn't say this is the central timeline from which all timelines grow. This is just one of infinite. So in that, with that idea is if I kill Booker in this timeline before he gets to the baptism, baptism and has the ability to make the choice, well, what? I can't kill him. I'd have to do it in all of them. I have to do that in all the timelines where he has a choice. In an infinite amount of places with an infinite amount of Elizabeths, Mm-hmm. that's where I feel like it falls short. I think in your your estimation, that makes a lot more sense. I can get yeah. on board with that. I can super get on board with that. Yeah, there's a master timeline. And if you can just find the the, the, the seed of the tree, right? <laughs> and cut off that seed, then yeah, that I can I can get into. And we don't have to worry about grandfather paradox or anything like that. Like that's another thing that can leach into these type of stories. If you go back to kill your grandfather, then you cease to exist. How can that possibly happen? Right, because that really doesn't pertain to this. You're kind of going back and taking care of another person. But since Comstock is you, would you cease to exist down the line if you kill Comstock as you? But that's a that's I don't even get into that paradox. <laughs> that's my problem. It's one of infinite, so <laughs> that means you have to do this infinite amount of times. And since infinite yeah. is infinite, you're never going to do it because there's always a Comstock and there's always a Booker and there's always a, always a, that. And it also implies that that the people in that timeline can also choose to not have you. So maybe Booker's parents in a bunch of different timelines never have Booker, right? You can choose to not have kids, right? You can make that choice. See where I'm saying? Like this, this is where for me it just falls apart. Although as a game ending, it's extremely effective and well, well done. It's, it's very well done. You can't look at those skylines and those towers and be like, wow, that's really cool. Okay. But then my brain goes, wait a minute. Hang on, game. And final, final thing. Uh, final thing. When I this playthrough, imagine, imagine happening to you the first time. This playthrough, you get to the thing, you go through the final door to get to the baptism, right? The final baptism where they drown you. I walk in. The game goes to black. I get a bunch of achievements, and it goes to credits. I my game bugged out and never <laughs> showed me the last thirty seconds of this game. What the <laughs> hell? So if I had never played this game before, I would have thought you walk through. A door and that's the end of bioshock <laughs> i would have never <laughs> seen the last minute i did not get the last scene and it's on stream and of course my stupid computer did not send the audio for the vods for like the last half of my game i could not figure out why so i have this recorded but there's no audio <laughs> Streamlabs obs i don't know is possessed on my machine it won't send audio for vods so what it did was i just i just i'm going and my brother-in-law's like what happened <laughs> where's the ending where's the ending and then it goes to credits i'm like what is happening i can't i kind of lost my mind a bit so if so if you're playing this on pc <laughs> be careful there's a bug out there somewhere that if you complain enough about the game on stream 
the game knows and punishes you by not showing you the last minute of the game in the ending. So just be careful. Don't be me. <laughs> anyway, that's my that's my my counter to that. And uh, but I do. I wish it was yours, Joe. I really wish it was you. <laughs> that would make a lot more sense. And I'd be like, OK, I can dig that. Cool. I can now enjoy this, you know, hours later. <laughs> all right. I think we should go to questions, comments or memories. I have a few. Cool. I won't read them all, of course, but from first from the Bioshock Lovers Unite, I got from Crystal Whitlow. I could go on and on about this game all day long. The opening is just as memorable and iconic, iconic as the first game. Yeah. Uh, from Juan Hernandez, as long as you play the Burial at CDLC after, we will be at some point. Uh, yeah, see? see, there's the caveat, right? There it is. You've got to play Burial C, and it, it fixes a lot of these things. Yes. I'm hoping to next, hopefully April is my goal. April. Well, I'll be available in April. Uh, from Paulo Palacio, I played this game for the first time coming from Bioshock 1 and 2 and knowing nothing about it, loved it, and the DLC made me love not only this one, but the entire franchise as a whole even more. <laughs> yep. And from Craig Mark, Return to Sender is arguably the best plasma in the franchise and by far the most beautiful in terms of graphics and art. We didn't talk about Return to Sender. That's the one where you can absorb, absorb bullets. <laughs> yeah, you absorb <laughs> bullets and shoot them back out. I liked it. I liked it quite a bit. I wanted telekinesis. Yeah, all, all that made me want was telekinesis. I'm like, just give me things to throw at people. The, the the friend of mine who's doing a run through a Bioshock right now, I was on his stream a couple of days ago, and I recognized he was getting murdered, hammered. And I'm like, why don't you? Why aren't you using telekinesis? Like, it's it's the best best plasma in the game, other than shocking. He's like, oh, let me try it. And then all of a sudden, he's like, barrels my favorite weapon. Barrels are my favorite weapon. <laughs> Love it. And so all he does is not throw bodies around. I'm like, see, it's way more fun if you use the tools. Yeah, I like Return of Sentinel. It's a, yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. And from the, I watched the entire Overlord replay. I only have two, but I'll read them from Randolph Sparks. I actually shed a little tear during after the post credit sequence. And from Zach Sec, Zek, I loved the first two thirds of the game. Tons of exploration and beautiful settings. The last third was a bit too linear. The battle where you had to control Somber was such a pain in the butt. I'm also super bummed that they limited you to carrying two weapons. The first two games, like, we have fun weapons and powers. Use them all at any time. Are there any interviews saying why they limited the gun carrying capacity? Overall, I still like it a lot and have to beat it and have beat it four times. I don't know. Halo. Halo. Yeah, they, that's they what I'm assuming, yeah. Literally, I think that's what it was. Like that's all it was, really. There, there's no interview saying as to why they couldn't. They literally were just like, oh, no, we need to have two weapons because we're a first-person shooter now. Yep, and that's what first-person <laughs> shooters do these days. Yeah, you're right. All right, and from the last group, Giant Bomb, I got a lot. Thank you, guys. I'm not reading them all, but I will read some. From Jason Forberg, currently sits in my favorite game of all time. I played it through seven to eight times. Okay. Don't let me steal your joy. Please don't <laughs> let me steal it. Really, don't let, honestly, don't let me do that. <laughs> from Alex Hartnett, it's definitely controversial for a bunch of de- de- decent reasons, but I still have a soft spot for it. From Matthew yeah. Paul Irwin. It's a great game, but that bland cover doesn't do it any favors. <laughs> you are pretty, right. It's pretty generic, yeah. <laughs> uh, from Tom Yanko, Yanko, too many bullet sponge enemies compared to Bioshock 1 and 2. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, here's a question from Chris Waits. Do you think the retroactive neg- negativity this game got was worth it? Yes. Yeah, yes. <laughs> as, as coming from somebody who is retroactively very negative, I'll tell you a very, 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 very quick story. I was writing the very occasional video game review um, back in those days in 2013. I was doing a lot of film, but once in a while, I had a site that I could post video game reviews. So I reviewed this game, and I, I don't know where this, this review is lost to time, because, and thank God. I, I think I gave it a very <laughs> a glowing, I gave it a glowing review. I was like, oh, this is important. This is amazing. And like I said, the open after the time I'm thinking, cause again, this comes up a lot. I started like whittling away at my excitement and realizing, Ooh, there's lots of parts of this game. I really didn't like, 
But I think during that time when this was 10 out of 10, 9 out of 10, when all the awards important, I think a lot of times, A, it has the Bioshock name, so you expect amazingness. And B, people just get caught up in the zeitgeist of something, right? I think like Elden Ring, everyone's giving it 9 out of 10, 10 out of 10. I am sure in two months, two years, people are going to go, was it really a 9 out of 10? Was it really 10 out of 10? This doesn't work. But when all that happens, you are struck with, you don't get a chance to think about things critically. You're just reacting to it emotionally. That was cool. Lighthouses, sweet, songbird. And then as time goes on, your brain gets this chance to kind of settle down when all the rhetoric settles down. So I was guilty of that, man. I was guilty of it. I was a 10 out of 10 -er. No joke. But then time whittled that down to probably five. <laughs> Here's a good one. From Juan Rodriguez. This game is fun, but it has a terrible case of white person wrote this. <laughs> wrote yeah, this that's very good. That's, that's uh, a good one, yeah. Very good. All right, from Danny M Miller. This was the first Bioshock game I played, and I love it. Also, I feel the social commentary aspects are very over-debated. Well, we did that for three hours. I, uh, I, from I, Paul I, Lucy. Public opinion on this game has soured considerably, and rightfully so. Yup, high five. <laughs> All right, and from Eagle Anderson, it's an interesting continuation of the exploration of the de deterministic nature of video games. I don't think that's purposeful. I, I I wish it was purposeful, the deterministic nature of games. I I don't think that's purposeful, honestly. I, I yeah, mm. I wish it was. I wish it was an actual commentary, but I, I, I uh, yeah, I don't think so. From Alex Golit, I absolutely loved it. I'm a sucker for these types of time loop games. It looked beautiful, played well, and I absolutely adored the hell out of it. And from Jimmy Oliver, that ending is one of my favorite gaming moments. And the last one, I'm going to read from Brian Langan Walter. Would you kindly enjoy the game? Doesn't work on me, brother. Doesn't work <laughs> on me. Sorry. So, yeah. All right. And that brings us to Shelf Stacker Box. And Bill, why don't you go first? Poor Mike is staring at his counter on his audacity and just going, oh, my God. Thanks. You know, this is a box and it's it's this is what I would label as a grave disappointment. Um, I before this recording, I used to call it stupid Bioshock Infinite. Um, I'm not going to walk off of that, but I don't have the venom for it. I think I used to uh, before playing it, but just disappointment. Yeah, it just could have been so much better. We talked about it, how the ideas there were better and the amount of pairing and cutting away at this game until it just became a standard first-person shooter with magic abilities is, is a shame. The racial stuff is, I think, just honestly deplorable. I think it's I think they I think it's gross what they try to do with this game. I think the overall message that they again completely paper over in the last third for all the time travel stuff and dimension stuff is extremely gross, as stated multiple times. <laughs> There's fun things to it. It's fun shooting people in the face. There's uh, Elizabeth's a really cool character. Sombird's amazing. The setting of Columbia is cool. A lot of the um, the bones are here. They really are. And I get it if you enjoy this game, because the bones are really strong and solid, but everything else on it is flabby and dumb and stupid. So this is a box, guys. <laughs> and uh, sorry to those who enjoyed it. Please enjoy it. <laughs> Don't pay attention to me, cranky old 41-year-old man in, a, in an office someplace. Enjoy your game, but to me, about, it kind of stays. What about you, Joe? I feel like I'm going to have to at least shelf it. I, I do like the game. Uh, now, completely, I do agree. Like, this game does not have... This game does have way too much, like, the racial stuff does really put it out of the way. But I also like to think of this game, because for me, it's what it is, is besides all the memories, this is Baby's introduction into multiverse it, you know, this is a prime example of what we're getting into with a Marvel series and what a lot of series you two do uh, offhand. 
and it starts going into what you probably could do with theoretics and stuff like that. So I, I have a really bad soft spot for this game. And Bill is right. I do. It is a bad soft spot. So it goes on the shelf. Okay. And I'll go last. This is going to go on the stack because I, I didn't enjoy the gameplay as much as I was hoping to. It wasn't, it didn't hit me the way that it did back in 2013. And it had the games, my mom effect as Adam calls it from talking to Bogum, where yeah. you go back to an old game, and realize you don't like it the same way that you once did. And that's, that's fair too. Yeah. Here. But I'm glad we played it. I'm glad we finally got to talk about it. I didn't have fun with it at times and I still like parts of the story, but I, I don't need to. I am going to play the DLC, but I don't need to play this game again. I'm, I think I can put this. In, I can be done with this, but it's going in the stack just because I. I don't want to put it in the box. I still had fun with it at times. Ha, have you ever had a a game end with a shelf, a stack, and a box? Probably, but I don't know. Oh wow, because <laughs> that rarely happens on this on this program. I feel like I, I never. I unfortunately never keep track of what was what I was supposed to. But at this point, when I recorded over three hundred episodes, yeah, it's not happening. It's just not happening. <laughs> I'm not going back to listen to all of them to find out what we said. No, no, it's no. It's too no. late for that now. Yes. Uh, and if you, so yeah, and if you enjoyed this episode, we do have other Bioshock episodes that we have covered. We did Bioshock 1, episode 126, Bioshock 2, episode 143, Bioshock 2, Minerva's Den DLC, mini 16. And then this, and then we'll be barely seeing when we'll be done with the Bioshock series. So we're almost there. And next week, we are going to be talking about. I completely forgot what I was going to say. Big of the next four. That's next yeah. week's episode. <laughs> My brain shut down for a second. So look forward to that. That is coming. I'm excited to finally play that. And Bill, where can people find you at? Um, uh, very quickly, I'm, I do a podcast entitled The Gamer Looks at 40. It's a... Uh, uh, other, other as opposed to my sour disposition on this show, it's a very uh, up, upbeat and lighthearted and nostalgic look at the history of games as told through the stories of people who lived it. People who have just uh, telling stories about different games and eras and the things they love about the medium. Um, it's super duper wholesome. And I don't complain about Bioshock one bit on it. <laughs> a gamer looks at 440 on Twitter and search for other things because they'll be there on the internet somewhere out there. All right. And Oh, I was just going to tell you to look at his podcast, but I want to give a shout out to my awesome intro outro courtesy of Helena at Hell Has Fury on TikTok. Please follow her. She made our music. I want to give a shout out to that's everything. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on YouTube. And we have a Patreon for as little dollar. You can vote in our Patreon poll. So help us out. I don't know actually what the next one is going to be at the time you hear this, so I can't tell you, but go check it out. And I think that's, that's everything I need to say, actually. Wow. That's weird. We've right. we've said a lot. We have <laughs> over three hours worth of it. So, <laughs> oh yeah, please go check out all your episodes. You can't find what you're looking for. Everything is on Podbean. We do comics. We do movies. We did the whole MCU Infinity Saga because I'm insane. So definitely go check all those out. Please make it worth our trouble. And I think that's everything I need to say. So we will see you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.